Welcome to Destiny Massive Breakdowns, episode 290. I'm Legole Flash. And I'm Ill Physics, and we're here with another deep dive into Destiny 2. And this week, we're back at it with the Season of Seraph craftable weapons. We're focusing on the few Aikilos weapons we have left so that we can take the time to talk about all of these crucible changes that are coming up. We And as we come closer to Lightfall, there's just going to be tons of information coming out like this. But we're fortunate that the dev team is giving us some of these updates early, uh, just a few weeks before Lightfall, which is pretty impressive, actually, that... We're getting these updates Extremely. right away. Yeah, that's that's crazy how they're so on top of it. So uh, we're going to talk about all of that because there's a TWAB, there's a whole build crafting article, and there may be other articles out there that we might not touch on. But we want to touch the official stuff that has been released that is going to affect the Crucible primarily is the stuff we want to focus on today before we get to those Seraph weapons. But before we get to any of that, uh, hmm. Tony, how's the last few weeks of Destiny look for you? Man, I mean, it's looking better today. I got to tell you, it's looking <laughs> better today. Today is Tuesday. We're recording this on the 24th of January, Tuesday. Just so happens to be the day that all of these uh, mid-season changes are happening for PvP. So I am extremely excited to jump into the Crucible. Um, that last TWAB that came last Thursday was an absolute banger, an absolute banger of a TWAB with regards to PvP. Um, I don't know if anybody, if I see anybody on Twitter talking about Bungie's not listen listening after this TWAB right here and just the execution of it, the execution of those changes. It's not just talk. You know, they're actually making those changes and they're making it less than a week after they announced it. I just uh, I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something back to y'all. <laughs> so I'm uh, I'm super excited. Um Super excited to get in there. After we finish recording today, I'll definitely be hopping into the Crucible for the majority of the day, hop on stream, hang out with everybody, and uh, see what everybody's feeling uh, feelings are like with regards to uh, with regards to the changes. Now, as far as uh, you know, just how generally the last like couple weeks have gone um, uh, in Destiny, man, I'm super excited about the fact that uh, we got reduced focusing costs. Like that's mm. huge, uh, Bungie. I'm still looking for that five out of five, or even four point five out of five. Crisis inverted. I, I don't know what you want me to do. I don't know what you want me to do. This is what I talk about on stream all this time because I like I click the button to focus a crisis inverted, and it's another. Let's just say the word is subpar role, um, and certainly not a role that I'm looking for. Uh, and so I'm just crying. I'm cl I'm crying in the club every stream trying to get this crisis inverted and it's still not dropping. But uh, I'm glad that the focusing costs for it have gone down um, because uh, I'm also kind of like broke. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I'm not supposed to be broke. I'm a legacy player, right? And my my chat has just been making so much fun of me because I'm I'm broke on Glimmer 20. Like, how are you broke on Glimmer? Because you can pull it from the season pass. You can pull right. it from the Crypt Arc uh, with old mats. So if you're a legacy player, you're not supposed to be broke on Glimmer. But this Lego LaFlash guy got me out here making these Lego <laughs> LaFlash builds, like, <laughs> and then I'm out here making my own build, like that fire uh, that fire hammer build and. And uh, it's just like, I'm, oh man, it's been, it's been struggle bus. It's been struggle bus for sure. But it's, it's a good type of struggle bus in my opinion, because yeah. um, one thing that I'm enjoying about doing this podcast and talking about all this stuff uh, on my stream as well, 
um, is uh, the fact that I'm out there trying some new stuff, which is um, typically not something that I do regularly. I'm, I'm, you know, I stick with hand cannons and shotguns for the most part. So the fact that I'm pulling out a few more pulse rifles, uh, the fact that I'm pulling out some sidearms and talking about some sidearms. Speaking of mm-hmm. sidearms, uh, you know, I posted a sidearm on. Um, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was talking to you about it. I was talking to you about that side, that light, lightweight side on the farewell from season oh, of Spicer. Yeah. Woo, man! I took that out on javelin, uh, javelin, trials of Osiris, and that thing was going crazy. You, you were right. You were right. You were it. right. Uh, that thing was going crazy. And so, <laughs> uh, you know, on that same post, somebody was like, "Yo, Tony, I see you're, you know, feeling that sidearm. You should definitely check out." Um, the new World Drop sidearm. And I know we'll talk about the World Drops um, in a subsequent episode. We got plenty to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but you should check it out with specifically hip fire grip and offhand strike, right? And hip fire grip ends up giving you increased accuracy, stability, and precision hit targeting when firing from the hip. Um, and then offhand strike is another perk, and that gives you final blows, grant additional weapon range, stability, and accuracy when firing from the hip for a short duration, right? And so you see the synergy between those two perks. It's like a perfect synergy. Uh, And somebody was telling me about that down in the comments. They were like, Tony, you should go and look out for this. Literally the next time that I hop on Destiny 2 stream for about eight hours or so, um, I open up an engram and it's that. And not only is it that, but they ended up giving me great. Yes, it's crazy. They ended up giving me great perks on it outside of that perk combination. And that just speaks to how excited how um how awesome it is that the bungee and the weapons team they're doubling down on synergy they're not just thinking about individual perks and i'm not saying that they they always haven't been thinking about you know what i'm about to say but you know they've just been doubling it down on this concept of synergy between perks in different columns Mm -hmm. and i feel like that doubling down that, that that strong doubling down started off with witch queen with perks like um uh, what was it called? The perks like stats for all and one for one all, for all yeah. right? Stats for all, one for all. Those two play off of each other. They they activate off of kind of like the same thing, and then they they end up doing their thing to end up like buffing the stats and then also buffing the damage. And it's kind of the same thing with um, I was talking to Drewski about what he wanted on uh, the Exalted Truth, and I was telling him what I wanted. And he, he put me on something that I wasn't even thinking about all the time, which is totally Drewski. <laughs> He's thinking out of the box. He's thinking out of the box 100% of the time, right? And he was talking about uh, Perfect Float and Frenzy because they yes. they also <laughs> activate off this, they they activate off the same, you know, in combat for a moderate amount of time, right? And if I remember correctly, if I remember correctly... We talked about I, it a bit with Tripwire last last episode. Yes. Those two perks, and it the descriptions say that the time is a little off, but for whatever reason, the time is exactly the same. It, yeah, that's what I was about to mention. Two. What's yeah. crazy is that Frenzy actually activates at a later time than Perfect Float, but mm. because those synergize together, Perfect Float actually makes them activate at the same time. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, it's so, it's so weird, but it's so dope. It's so yeah. dope. And so both of them, Frenzy activates sooner. I think it's like six seconds or something like that in combat. Frenzy activates sooner. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, folks, but I'm pretty sure it's six seconds. <laughs> Frenzy activates sooner, uh, you know, as soon as Perfect Float, and they just synergize really well together. And it's, I don't know, that that just puts me on a high to um, to see that, that level of synergy um, that just enhances our gunplay and gunplay is the thing that, you know, I think the most, most of us really enjoy about, uh, about this game. So 
between that and then just reading all of uh, all of this great information that Bungie so is dropping much. for us, it's so much. We're not just talking about things that are coming in Lightfall, but again, you know, things that are here literally today as we're speaking. It's like an, a half an hour after reset. So um, the patch is dropped, and uh, and I just appreciate the the transparency in particular, um, especially with transparency with regards to like kind of intentions. Um, yeah. For example, you know, we all kind of figured that they intentionally changed the map rotation with Witch Queen to to give preference to uh, longer range maps. But you know, they've recently come out and and say that explicitly that they were doing that and that they're actually kind of changing that back there's going to be a different map rotation for lightfall both for just like pub play and also for uh for competitive uh pvp so mm. it's just um it's just nice i mean they're they're clearly listening that was map rotation has been a a pain point for sure that a lot yeah. of us have spoken about um online so between uh that and another great example is sidearms as well i mean they they came out and said hey sidearms are in a great place then they ended up buffing them um anyway um, but you know, they did it and they said their intentions about, it. they were just like, Hey, look, they were in a great place, but usage wasn't up. People didn't realize that sidearms are so good. And so we ended up right. buffing them in order to get more people to recognize how strong they were even before, but we're in a middle ground now where, you know, the buff was also to make them feel better, especially on M and K, um, but also to get the, like I said, get people on it, get those usage numbers up. And that's totally valid. And I recognize that. So yeah, I'm just enjoying that, that degree of transparency with regards to intentions to the, to the point where we're not playing this guessing game about, you know, why they're doing things. Um, and, uh, it just makes things feel so much better. Like it just makes things feel so much better. If I, if I know expectations, if I know intentions, if I know goals and actions are aligned with those goals, um, then I just feel much better. It doesn't matter whether it ends up playing to my benefit in the PvP or not. I just feel better about it. And um, and it's just easily, uh, it's more easily uh, to swallow. So, right. so yeah, yeah, I and appreciate it. That combined with these quick turnaround changes of like yes. they just buff sidearm, but they're just changing them back. They yes. just, which we're talking about in a second, change some playlist stuff, change some matchmaking stuff. They're not changing matchmaking stuff back, but they change some of the playlist stuff back. And so to have them experimenting in these different ways and being adding all that extra communication for it as well, it like you said, it just reaffirms the whole they're listening thing like it that people keep saying like are they listening and like we can see them listening and making these minor changes here or there to uh, accommodate the the quick feedback that we've given them uh, and so it, it's been really interesting to see those changes we'll get into how we feel about some of the matchmaking and playlist stuff in a second um, but for me uh, well I'll hit some of it right now because this week for me I, I was hitting I had gone full circle when me and you started, took over this show a few weeks ago. I talked about my place not being sure, like, where do I go if I want to just chill? I can't play like Rumble anymore because that's on the mm. playlist. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, I got comp here, and what do I do? Or I play Rift or Quick Play, but now Quick Play has SBMM2. It's like, where do I go? But Rumble's back, baby. Here we go. Rumble's, Rumble's back, baby. Back. Oh my God. I can't believe it. I could not believe it, man. When I read yeah. the word, people started DMing me, immediately tagging me in Discord. I was like, wait, what's going on? Rumble's yep. back? Like, permanently? What? Yep, 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 yep. I mean, we're talking about a quick turnaround because didn't Rumble disappear at the very beginning of the season? 
It's exact. That's, so that's, that's exactly crazy. That's yeah. crazy. That that turnaround on that feedback that might be some of the fastest feedback I've ever seen in Destiny. Period. We're talking about a half a season. <laughs> yeah. And not only that, but they didn't. So this is something really cool and interesting about the data because people often say like there's rumors that go around that are like. Uh, Bungie just operates off of these statistics and not what people are feeling. Whereas mm-hmm. this change happened the week, basically the week they had to have made the decision the week that Iron Banner came out and Rumble was for the first time ever the playlist rotator and which was a terrible week to judge player statistics off of who was playing Rumble because the first Iron Banner was back with new weapons that had Volt Shot that never had it before. And it was a mm. really tough grind. You had to spend a ton of time in there. So obviously, statistics are going to be skewed on how many people were playing Rumble during that week. And they didn't even, like, they already decided to bring it back, even with that one rotation that was all that had happened. And Rumble's all, they've already announced Rumble's coming back permanently. So yep. they listened to the feedback of the players and are bringing it back, which is just, ah, man. Man, I feel like it feels like it's just for me. I know it's not. But it feels, I'm like, yeah, oh my gosh, I have somewhere I can go now. Definitely, so, definitely, yeah, definitely. I, I'm so pumped about that change. I know that's a little preview into what we're going to be talking about, but I just, oh, I'm so pumped about that. It just feels relieving to know, like, oh, I have this place to go and test weapons and not be three laned by people with pulse rifles, and you know, have to go to sixes and get immediately supered. I can go to just the get in a one v one situation and just play it out. Where yep. it's not a rotator. So yep. I am so pumped about that. And you actually brought up a good point. You said that this season is all it took to bring it back. Whereas Rumble, this isn't the first time Rumble's disappeared. We didn't True. have it at the beginning of Destiny 2. True. And that took forever for it to come back. And now it's back like almost immediately. They're like, oh, hey, we, we see your you know feedback here. And that y'all need a place to 1v1 and to test your weapons and to mm-hmm. not just be it in sixes or in a competitive 3v3 environment. We're bringing Rumble back. And that feels... Amazing. I, I love that so much. Yeah, yeah. And the, I'll, I'll kind of just put some ice cream on top of that as well. Um, you know, folks often ask me, yo, Tony, are 1v1s beneficial, you know, for improvement, especially with like 1v1s as in go into private match with, with Legola Flash, you know, and you guys duke it out, um, <laughs> you know, to 25 or something like that. And I often tell them that 1v1s in private match environment like that are of limited use, basically. Right. Why is that? Because there's no real like impetus to finish up that fight in a in a reasonable amount of time. Whereas mm-hmm. anybody anywhere else in the crucible, you're required to to be thinking about, hey, if I don't finish up this fight within the next few seconds, I'm either gonna get collapsed on from behind or you know, whatever, basically. But there is an extra impetus, there's extra pressure, you know. Yep. Um and so that's why I don't find 1v1s in a private match environment that beneficial, leading that back to Rumble. Rumble is the best place in the Crucible to work on 1v1s because, you know, you're not in that environment of sixes or threes where there's a team that's going to roll up on you. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is uh, there is that impetus to conclude that 1v1 that you have in Rumble or else, you know, you're going to have to face somebody else who just finished up with another fight and is roaming looking for another engagement, right? Yeah. So, and 
I can add to that too because private matches are a tough place to test stuff when the person you're playing against knows exactly your play style and exactly the weapons you're using. You mm-hmm. you need kind of a public lobby to test things or else you'll never know how effective they really are because one, you're only playing a very narrow view of the Crucible with your one friend or whoever you're 1v1ing and then the time you know the that you need to accomplish it like you were saying and then on top of that, that they know what you're running as well. So there's like these three different factors that make it kind of mute to test in that environment. It reminds Mm. me of people always talk about statistics with the weapon. They're like, well, I shot it against the wall and the recoil was like this. I was like, yeah, you shoot against a wall, but like shoot it against a player. Like you'll never really know until you're in an actual real crucible environment. Not to say I don't want to discount. There is helpful things to 1v1ing. There is helpful things to shooting a wall just to know the general idea of something. But you won't ever really know until you're in the real game situation. Yeah, and that's what I I frequently tell folks about the validity of, you know, shotgun testing uh, done Mm -hmm. by our friend uh, Jerda or Fallout plays, um, and then the type of shotgun testing that folks rely on me for and other, you know, uh, creators, um, Mm -hmm. other experienced PvP players, people that get into the Crucible frequently throughout the week and use a particular, specialize in particular weapons. It's, it's, it's one thing to shoot a weapon against the wall and you get valuable information, you know, from private match, you know, testing of that sort, you know, shooting against another player, checking out one hit kill, uh, like spread patterns or, uh, you know, consistency ranges and things like that. But it's another thing as, as well to, um, to take a shotgun with a particular role on it and then just run around the crucible, get into a bunch of different, you know, a variety of engagements from the air, from the ground, sliding, um, peak shooting, whatever else, um, flipping weapons um, and seeing how consistent that shotgun, for example, pellet shotgun ends up playing out in those um, varied environments. And that's just as valid. Um, so, so yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. And all of those situations we're talking about are about to change quite a bit with some ability changes, some weapon changes that they've announced as well. And we're going to get into all that. But first, uh, I'd like to thank some new Guardians for their generous support that keeps this show going. Uh, this week, we've added Sneaky Snorlax, Master Shake Kill, D-Limbs, and Guacamole with GWOK, which I love. That's awesome. <laughs> thank mm. y'all so much for your support. And also, to all the ongoing patrons for keeping the lights yes. on, you make it happen. And we also want to say a special thanks to Sponsor Guardians that give on a massive level Huge. that really keep the lights on bryce aroni moonlight binary wolf deacon black hammer tech shazzle ascii monk this moment and zen socal thank you all so so much seriously appreciate you so much as a reminder you can also earn a shout out by leaving us a five-star review on apple podcasts ratings are great but the reviews really help us to spread the word and get more ears tuned in every week finally Thanks to the Destiny Massive Breakdowns editors, Nettie Smith and Autodidactos. That is a rebrand, by the way, for Mr. Sutton himself. (laughs) Uh, For their hard work on this show and podcast versus enemies, the Destiny PvE show that explains it all. If you think we sound great, know that it is 100% because of them. Absolutely. And special shout out to Court, uh, who has been docu... If you don't know, Court 
is the one on the uh, podcast versus enemy show who has done just a, a massive breakdown. There's no better way to say it of <laughs> all the damage stacking and yes. it applies to the crucible too. So if you're a PVP player and you've never seen that spreadsheet, I know it's intimidating, but he's actually redoing all of this for lightfall because they've changed the way the damage stacking is going to work in a big way. So he's working on all that stuff. And, and I know he's already rebranded some really cool sheets out on Twitter. Uh, uh, you need to go check out Court Projects because he's got all for PVE specifically the anti barrier and all the different ways the champions can be stunned now. Just a list, a giant infographic that is so cleanly laid out. And it's, it's, I know it's blowing up on Twitter already, but if you haven't seen it, go check that out. It's very, very helpful. Uh, and I'm so impressed with the graphical layout of it. It's so easy to read. Um, and his spreadsheet already on damage stacking is so helpful. So definitely be looking to court and the PVE podcast for just your future endeavors into Lightfall in the PVE realm. But we are talking about PVP today. Uh, and we got tons of crucible changes. I already mentioned Rumble's back. I feel like we've talked about that enough. We've got so much to go through. I don't want to stick on it as much as I would like to talk about Rumble all day. <laughs> Tony pointed out, I put that in caps in our outline. It's just Rumble's the- back. Chat. Chat. I say chat because I'm used to streaming, yeah. of course. But <laughs> you guys, this is the only thing he ended up putting in all caps in our entire like document <laughs> for notes for this episode. This man is absolutely pumped up absolutely pumped up the only oh. thing and I, I should be more pumped about the rest of these changes because there's some really good ability of stuff course, later of but course. first before we get to that we got to talk about matchmaking for a second and we don't have to dive too far into it because i know that there's a lot of information we don't have Bungie can see so much that we don't and so i was hesitant to even talk about this graph uh that they put out and the way that they talked about matchmaking changing the main point here i think is that matches have been more fair this season and this graph shows that you can see the giant dip into players having more fair matches and that's one of their goals i wanted to bring up this TWAB that happened, I've been talking with the Destiny Massive Breakdown community. They, I was like, what, you know, what are the goals? Let's go back to that. And there was something in 8.05.2021. So, oh, this is, this is a pretty long time ago, but they, oh wait, that's what's going on. I'm thinking about the sliding nerf. Oh my gosh. That is how long ago the sliding nerf was, was back in 2021. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay, yeah, well, we'll get to that in a minute that's another big thing this one happened though this was 7 28 2022 so it was about two seasons ago they mentioned here are our goals for implementing skill-based matchmaking into the quick play playlist because they wanted to make sure that we knew what their goals were here and i think it's really important too to kind of think back on this as we approach it because it's going to look different for someone of our skill level versus somebody who's in the middle brackets of skill level or in the bottom tier so the goals of creating their high quality matches is there's four of them here and i wanted to read them before we talked about matchmaking one was all players including new lights can enter the crucible and regularly get matches where they feel competitive Mm. two all players, whether solo or fire team, can find a place in the Crucible where they can play a variety of matches and have a reasonable chance of winning competing. And they're defining reasonable as expected win rate between 40 and 60% for most matches. And then three, players are rewarded based on their skill and proud of their skill. Four, reserve a place for players who do not want to engage in the skill system. And for me, immediately, uh, 
I recognize that there's a disconnect between these goals and myself. Like winning or losing isn't as important to me. It's how fun is that match. And I think, you know, I, I don't want to speak for Bungie, so I, I'm real careful with my words here. Um, but it seems like fairness isn't completely my goal in a match. And I recognize that I'm on the higher skill, so it doesn't matter as much. But that tends to make it to where I'm fighting the same meta breaking stuff and if the meta is frustrating to play against then it makes these more tighter fair matches just less fun for me because I don't Hmm. want to I want to be able to at least kill someone and I can't do that if someone's barricading Teraba and healing every single second and there's three of them and I recognize it's quick play too and this is an area that I don't love either is I'm not usually a quick play player I love the smaller environments and so it just really elevates the meta inflates it for my specific skill bracket Uh, and so I recognize that these goals may not be my specific goals but I also recognize if you take away these goals of fairer matches then it makes it really unfair for a lot of people it makes it unfun for other people so it's a difficult thing for me to talk about but I think I can focus on there were two things at the end there those two points of reserve a place for players who don't want to engage in the skill system and with rumble gone that was kind of taken away from me uh and because you're left with rift basically and a rotator which doesn't feel like crucible and i don't want to harp on this too much i'll just end it here uh but now that rumble's coming back i am very excited for that what i'm sorry hold on hold on Rumble's (laughs) rumble's coming back I'm stopping, I'm stopping. And then (laughs) secondly, players are rewarded based on their skill and proud of their skill. And I feel like that still doesn't really exist for me with the current comp system. While I do have fun when I play comp, I want to reiterate that it is a fun place to go. I just don't always want to do that. So I'm excited for the future of it all. I I can see Bungie moving to this place with this graph of where the matches are more fair. fair. And I want to iterate, too, that I've heard from the Destiny Massive Breakdown community. I kind of pulled in there, hey, what are y'all's feelings on this in my own community and gotten a feedback of, you know, players who aren't at the top. They're having a better time in the middle skill brackets like the games are more fun for them and they want to play more than they ever have. And Mm. that's really exciting because I didn't get that in this graph. I didn't get that in this twab and i and i don't expect that how does bungie say that you know how do people believe them if they said that even you know yeah. so it, it was it, it's i just had to bring it up because it's a big part of the crucible conversation right now is matchmaking yeah and you know so much of what you said was really interesting the the i guess the thing that stuck out to me was match fairness you mm-hmm. know because what i will say is while i don't care the outcome of a quick play match. I don't mm-hmm. care whether I win or lose. I also am in the same vein as you with regards to, I just want to have a good time. I just want to get into engagements. I just want to have fun. I just want to, you know, hopefully be able to use a variety of different weapons. But even if I can't use a, a, a strong variety of weapons because it's skill-based matchmaking and I still have to compete. So I'm going to use what I'm specialized in. Um, you know, hopefully I can maybe switch up a hand cannon, switch up a shotgun, you know, that doesn't, you know, those weapons don't have to be the most effective weapons that I have, but you know, they can still hopefully compete, um, right. as strong archetype weapons. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so I like the fairness is what I'm saying. Sorry, I got a okay, little off okay. base right yeah. there. I, li- I do actually like the fairness. I like closer games. I don't enjoy blowouts. Um, yeah. I don't enjoy winning by mercy and I don't enjoy mer- getting mercied. If, if I'm getting mercied in my skill bracket, 
Um, that's because the majority of the team most likely is using something super oppressive, basically. Mm. Um, and on the flip side, I mean, whether I'm, you know, my squad is, you know, using uh, something super oppressive or not, I do not enjoy mercying teams either. So in that sense, I do like the closer games for sure. Um, on, you know, kind of like a slightly tangent topic, um, when matches are more fair like that, people, quote unquote fair, right? Like closer, um, people end up, you know, using any edge that they can in order to come out on top, right? Whether it be uh, on specific engagements, um, swapping weapons in order to, you know, to, to to more compete, um, or, uh, whether it be, you know, just, just small, uh, advantages. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the meta, when it's really oppressive and when you have elements in the meta that are so significantly out of band, so significantly, you know, DMT is a really good example on yeah. PC. Um, it's just literally the best weapon on PC and it's not even close. When folks end up deciding that they want to either, you know, run with that to start or switch to that, if you know, a significant number on my team uh, aren't running something of similar like caliber, then it's going to make it really, really uh, difficult to win that game, difficult to even win engagements, especially if I'm just trying to use this little pea shooter of a of a hand cannon. Right. So (laughs) so it's, uh, you know, it's it's interesting because we spoke previously about the trickle down effect. Um, You know, if, you know, something super oppressive, then it's most likely going to be discovered and utilized at a higher rate um, at higher skill brackets, right? And then it just ends up trickling down. Once people see what's effective, then they end up starting to use it and it trickles down, trickles down, trickles down to lower skill brackets, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's effective no matter what skill brackets then, it's just that it's first gonna show up in the higher skill brackets. And so like what happens with skill-based matchmaking is that, um, you know, it doesn't trickle down as quickly yeah right it doesn't trickle down as quickly um because the lower skill brackets aren't exposed to the higher skill players as often right um so they are protected in a sense um and that's a good thing in my opinion that's a good thing but why i say that's a good thing is because it's paired right now with how frequently we're getting sandbox updates and so now because we're getting sandbox updates more frequently that means that Bungie can make sure that the higher population that is in the lower skill brackets, by the way, you know, mm-hmm. like the average KD is something like 0.8.9 or something is what I heard way back when. Um, so the larger population is at the lower skill, lower experience brackets. Bungie can make sure that they're having a good time. And then because we're getting more frequent updates now, OK, in this next update that you wouldn't have gotten like two years ago, you know, in this next update, now we're going to address the higher skill lobbies. And that's what they've recently done. I feel like with this most recent patch is they've recent days, they've addressed the the pain points um, listed by the the higher skill players. And I just I think that's a good way to go about it. Basically, I think that's Man, a good way to go about it. You got me thinking about this in a whole new way, like because I I had thought a lot about the trickle down effect that you had talked about previously when we talked about matchmaking, and now it's like the it's like it's trickling horizontally, like between matches of the higher skill bracket faster. And Bungie has the ability now that they're updating things faster to kind of fix mm-hmm. it before it gets to the majority exactly. of the population. Exactly, and that's so interesting. I don't love it for myself in this meta, but like, what if it's awesome? 
next meta? What if it starts changing so fast that there's something ridiculously powerful that people haven't found before the sandbox even updates? You know, like that kind of thing could start happening. And in in an age where everyone, this is what I talked about with the Destiny Massive Breakdown community for a little bit, was in the age where we've been playing this game for eight years almost, you know, and, and everybody's so good at it. The players yeah. who are invested in getting better, they're all really good. It's hard to come across a guy and say, oh, this guy sucks, he's using whatever. And like, no, if they're playing you right now, they're probably, like, they have the ability to beat you. Bungie's saying they're having less and less with this with this graph. What it does tell me is they're having less and less of a good time uh, deciding who is going to win this match because everybody's really good at the game and they're matching people really well. Mm-hmm. So you can't face someone and be like, this guy sucks or whatever. Like if you do that, that's <laughs> fine for you mentally. If you need that to feel better, okay. But like they're, they're showing you that they can operate this gun that Destiny's made, these abilities that they've made. And maybe I don't like the meta right now, um, but maybe we're going to get to see it change faster. And that's really exciting. Yeah. That. That's yeah. really cool to think about, and I'm See, glad that you kind of brought that to our attention. And what you what you should what folks and and Lego you should also be more excited about is the fact that the reason why right now in the higher skill brackets it's not as fun is because Bungie has has let the the balance debt just kind of pile up. And what I mean by the balance debt is that, say, for example, it's DMT or it's Lorenz Drivers is a great example of this, right? Lorenz right. has been, was, was out of band usage, everything for like a long time, like more than a year since it came out, right? It was just a problem. Right. Um, and it took more than a year for them to address that. And so that was part of the balance debt. It was, it was a debt um, in the balance of the sandbox. And Bungie seems like they are addressing that balance debt more quickly to try to get that down as low as it can. 30th anniversary is a really good example of a time where the balance debt was at one of its lowest points um, in uh, Destiny 2, in Destiny 2 history. And that's why it felt so good. Basically, there were just very few outliers that were just DMT level. To the point where it was it was fun and even when it wasn't fun it was certainly it was certainly tolerable you know yeah. you, you just it was certainly tolerable you just didn't come across those elements so often that it was oppressive and it was just unfun and exhausting to play against and so because it does seem like they have redoubled efforts mm-hmm. to keep that to both address that balance debt and keep that balance debt down and on top of that we're getting uh, like balance patches uh, for the sandbox at least twice a season. It's at the start and at the yeah, middle. It's fast, man. Yeah, it's fast. It's fast. Then that's something you know that's going to be different going forward. The crucible is going to feel different. The sandbox is going to feel different. And I would hope, I would hope, based on today um, and the transparency and the com- communications, the comms that we've gotten over the last like couple weeks, I would hope that that's changed for the better. Um, and that even if we have an oppressive meta, it wouldn't last for more than, you know, a season at most. Um, yeah. And that's much more tolerable than what the three, the past like three seasons or so that we've had, at least in my skill bracket, um, maybe in Legos as well, uh, where it's just been uh, very unfun. And for me, I've just been playing a, a bunch of private matches in order to kind of find a corner of the crucible that's still rewarding for me. But, hmm. you know, 
hand cannons, shotguns, back on the table, baby. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. No, this is good stuff. And it, it's so good for me to hear because I, I'm usually a generally pretty positive person. And I came into this like kind of like, oh, I don't really want to talk about matchmaking. And you've got me... Like way more hyped about the future for this mm. than I was previously. Not just because Rumble's coming back, but you know, the, the, <laughs> like because of all the stuff we talked about with how uh, bungee dressing stuff faster and the horizontal spread of meta rather than just drip down to everyone else. It's really interesting stuff to think about. I want to bring up too before we move on out of matchmaking because I do want to move on to the other stuff because this ability stuff is so exciting. Is fire team based matchmaking? They've they've added that and they're they're tweaking that and they're that's going to progress to other uh, playlists as well they want to move it to trials and eventually competitive but also they are still ironing out kinks associating with firebase team matchmaking so that they can work on the next feature which is dynamic skill matchmaking which is mm. for players at the top and the very bottom to not make it so hard to find matches or laggy matches when they do get in a in a match so all of that is being worked on as well so there's a lot of things in the works and they do mention those things coming up to get excited about so i wanted to bring them to attention definitely uh, I, I think that's all really great yeah yeah i'm right there with you i mean we can keep it moving because you, you yeah, said let's everything keep and i agree <laughs> yeah so so next up we got some airborne effectiveness changes mm. which are pretty big it's been a huge uh deterrent for people who were playing crucible a lot that's a it's a common thing it's like hey i can't my shots in air just doesn't feel good anymore especially with a primary weapon and they're significantly i want to say significantly changing the way airborne effectiveness is going to work on uh, primary weapons. I, I might let you just take this one away, Tony. Uh, sure. I feel like yeah. you, you might have a better grip on uh, how it feels now and where it's going. Yeah, and so I, I guess one one caveat that I'll mention is that we don't even know what this is completely, like airborne effectiveness is completely like morphing into because they said mm. that more changes were happening with Lightfall, is that correct? Uh, I, I mean, it's something that they're addressing every season. I don't think I saw specifically Lightfall, but we okay. this all is coming Lightfall too, yeah. yes. So. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, the changes that we're about to mention right now are coming literally today. They are active as of crazy. an hour ago, which, yeah, again, is just crazy. If you've been here, you know, playing PvP, you know, just in Destiny, the franchise for, you know, seven, eight years especially, then you just, you recognize how the quickly, <laughs> you know, changes are happening. And I cannot like overstate that. I cannot overstate that. And I can't overstate as well my appreciation for it um, from Bungie. So, uh, but the original goals for airborne effectiveness, uh, they said it's important to balance the increasing number of airborne movement options against their combat effectiveness, as we don't want Destiny 2 to shift excessively towards airborne gunplay over time. It said, in a game where most modes did not have skill-based matchmaking, players using an airborne playstyle could be extremely oppressive. Despite achieving our goals, the cost in player fun was too high. That hit me real hard. Yeah. Right there. That hit me real hard. Like that right there, I was just like, oh man, like Bungie, like I just keep on coming back around to it. Bungie really is listening. Like, wow. Mm -hmm. Like, wow. <laughs> you know, so so true. The cost in player fun was way too high. 
yeah. way too and high. It, that's the same way I felt about the matchmaking stuff too. It's like there there are these goals, and then there's like what is that cost in the player mm. player fun experience? Mm. And so I feel like it's one of the reasons Rumble is coming back because that cost was too high, having no place for people who wanted to be outside of those skill brackets to go. And now it's the same thing with Airborne Effectiveness. Like okay, we're we're preparing for Strand. Like they came out and said it on yes. some of the podcasts uh, Chris was on recently, and so we know that that had a big part to do with it but even in doing so it's like okay the cost currently was a little high where let's rein it back down 100 and you said it you said it and i just want to kind of like double down and reiterate it again they said they were indeed like prepping for strand when looking at that airborne effectiveness mm-hmm. when introducing airborne effectiveness because we're going to be we're pretty much all going to be spider-man right we're all going to be miles morales um uh, come light fall on the 20 uh 28th uh, february Which- can I say real quick, as What's someone up? who is not a warlock main, I'm really excited for being in the air. <laughs> I feel like the way airborne effectiveness has changed, and I know we're going to get better stuff even now, but of I was a Titan main before. I play a lot of Hunter now, and I feel like I've never been able to utilize in Destiny 2 in-air stuff because it just that kind of play is inaccessible to me compared to a warlock who can like float around and really make interesting and decisive in-air movements while maintaining some sort of accuracy with heat rises so to see more options come with strand i'm very excited for that just a little side note just a little side no note. no of course of course of course and what i love about that too because you know we just play off of each other so well right um <laughs> you say something and then i'm just i'm just like oh man you know he he made a great point let me make this point too the point that i'll make is that on warlock right i don't play anything but anything but uh dawnblade I don't right. play anything but uh, Solar Warlock, I should say. Um, why? Because I love Icarus Dash and the other characters, I'm sorry, the other subclasses on Warlock don't have Icarus Dash. They don't have movement options in that similar vein or even Heat Rises, even though I'm not a big Heat Rises like, you know, fan. It's not like I use it like mm-hmm. really ever. Uh, my <laughs> point is uh, with Strand coming, that means hopefully I would... Well, I mean, at least one other subclass will have some interesting movement options. Uh, now, I say that, and I'm sorry. Look, I, look, I ain't think about it at the time. I'm sorry. I just want to go ahead and apologize to my blink mains out there because I know <laughs> I'm about to get hit hard. I, I'm sorry. I do. I do just wish that blink would get some rework, a little bit of rework, because I was a blink main back in D1. And I love, I love, love, love Blink. So I apologize. Oh. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to overstep y'all. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't hit it more now that they have made a little bit of changes. I to tried. It. I okay. tried. Okay. I tried. You know, you know what the biggest thing is, Bungie. If you're listening, and I, I promised that I would put this out on Twitter to try to drag some attention to it, um, but I, I keep on forgetting. But I'm gonna mention it here, Bungie. There is a bug, it with Blink. It's something, I'm sorry, this is kind of impromptu, but it's something about if you blink multiple times, you can't slide afterwards. It's a really strange bug. That is why I don't blink Warlock, is because there's something with it. And so blink has like kind of a high skill floor, and I just look forward to them kind of working out the kinks with it, um, Mm -hmm. adding maybe a bit more synergy between blink and some exotics or some weapons or, or something. Um, to just make it a little bit more uh, viable in uh, more competitive play, because those are the areas of the game that I generally frequent. But uh, but yeah, I don't I don't mean to pin, put down my blink, folks. But yeah, that's what's interesting about Strand is it's providing some additional in air mobility for warlocks uh, that might actually get me off. Well, it's got to get me off of uh, 
you know, it's going to be strong to come out, but might actually get me off of uh, Solar Warlock uh, for a significant amount of time. So I'm looking forward to Spider Warlock. I haven't come up with a name for it yet, but <laughs> Spider Warlock, we'll just go with that for right now. But back to airborne effectiveness. Um, so the changes, uh, looks like we're just moving closer to if you're accurate in the air, you'll actually hit your shots. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that uh, was really cool for me to hear, but it's, it's something that I've spoken about, is it's, it's, it's very jarring right now. Well, maybe not right now because the changes just went through, but last week, for example, um, it was very jarring to shoot on the ground, jump in the air. Your gunplay felt very different in the air. And even if you could hit your shots in the air, it just took a second for you to kind of adjust to how different your gunplay felt in the air versus the ground. And so it's mm-hmm. just nice that we're also just moving closer between the feel of shooting on the ground versus in the air, which is something that they mentioned as well. So again, kind of like listening. Something else is kind of cool as well, and I've heard this frequently from, from control players, is that the stickiness in the air that they would feel on the ground, it just feels very different in that regard as well. So yeah. um, Bungie changed it to reduce the airborne magnetism penalty. Um, I think they took it, did they take it completely away? Yeah. Or did they reduce it? I think they took it completely away, didn't they? So they said one side effect. So so with changing everything, I'll just read this whole paragraph here because I mm-hmm. think it's it's really good. Okay. So uh, with this update, you can expect primary weapons with no investment mm. at the default AE stat of a weapon to be as accurate or shoot just as straight as a primary weapon with Icarus Grip mod equipped did before the introduction of AE. So pre AE primary weapon with Icarus grip. That's the accuracy you'll have. The auto aim angle is also significantly improved and the magnetism penalty has been eliminated. Yeah. So that's what I thought. So none, which is huge for controller players. Like I know you were talking about big for mouse and keyboard, but that is, no, it's it's huge. That's huge. huge. Yeah. I want to definitely mention that because that was a big sticking point. Whenever I, whenever I speak with controller players about airborne accurate effectiveness, Mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing that they talk about. uh, The difference between how sticky that reticle friction, that reticle magnetism, how sticky uh, the reticle is versus on the ground versus in the air. And it's just, you know, most people just say it's just impossible to even try to rely on that. So I thought that that was huge, huge, huge for controller. I think that, um, you know, anything that we're getting on MNK, uh, controllers getting at least as good, at least as good. Um, and so you guys are definitely going to be eating. You guys are definitely going to be eating. Yeah. But don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying. I mean, I ain't trying. I ain't about that input war, you know. Um, so I'm super <laughs> excited for for both groups, for both input methods. And uh, let's just let's just get into some gunfights, whether it be on the ground or in the air. Um I will say, uh, like the last two things, just to kind of like mention, I'll mention one thing is that um, snipers and slug shotguns are going to have a reduced base airborne accuracy by 50%. And pellet shotguns, baby, my baby, pellet shotguns are going to have their airborne accuracy penalty completely removed. Completely removed. That is huge, huge, huge. Um, I know we might mention it later, but the fact that the slide nerf for shotguns is also going to be completely pulled away. It's going to be completely removed is also quite huge. Um, shotguns have been very unreliable for a long time. And so the last couple changes, the last couple passes um, on pellet shotguns have greatly, um, it's just made it substantially more rewarding to be a pellet shotgun player again. And so I'm really excited to get back into the crucible today to try to test out these changes. The last thing that I'll say about airborne effectiveness 
um, is that I mentioned a while back, I think I mentioned it in the podcast, the fact that if we're going to change airborne effectiveness um, per archetype of weapon, Mm -hmm. then it would be nice if the closer range weapons had higher airborne effectiveness at base than the longer range weapons so that if you so that you're rewarded with say for example a hand cannon or a sidearm which will end up getting better airborne effectiveness at base than pulse rifles longer range weapons that sort of thing that's a change that came through again today um (laughs) you're rewarded for closing that engagement by getting in the air and like moving around that pulse rifle um, that pulse rifle or right. that scout rifle or whatnot in close range and uh, just doing what hand cannons and sidearms uh, as an archetype are good at. Um, and, and that is just the variety of engagements that they can get into, whether on the ground or in the air. Yeah, that's really huge. There, there's a whole lot here that we're reading things individually, but there's like a big picture that, that you're getting to right now, which is that closing the gap and how it plays out in the game. And I, I do want to talk about all that. that. I want to read off real quick the specifics of the aim assist. I don't want this to be a, I feel like Kit and Merck were really great about this podcast not becoming a twab reading podcast. So I'm trying to stick heavily to that, but there are some things where Bungie says something, it's like, this is what it is. And, and I have a little bit of a, a, a comment too uh, about this. So I'm going to read it real quick and then, and then say the comment. So um, these are the specific things that, that are changing for primary weapons. Uh, we just talked about it for sniper rifles and shotguns. So for primary weapons, aim assist reduced all additional primary weapon auto aim bullet, which is the bullet pin penalties by 60% at zero AE for both mouse and keyboard and controller. Increase the precision angle, which is how far off a head target you can be and still have auto aim to give you a headshot instead of a body shot. They increase that precision angle by 50% at 100 AE. Change the curve to be exponential so you'll get more benefit at high AE and mouse and keyboard for mouse and keyboard and controller. And then they removed all additional primary weapon magnetism, reticle fiction penalties, which we already talked about. And at 60 to 100 AE, you get a magnetism bonus compared to pre AE for controller only. So even better than it used to feel before. In air, the airborne effectiveness was even introduced. And then to go over just specifically what Tony was talking about with the different weapons having different penalties, they reduced airborne accuracy penalty for all primary weapons and per weapon type that looks like hand cannons and sidearms got 60% reduced airborne accuracy penalties. So 60% less this isn't like it's it's confusing because you got to read it as a less than so yeah. reduced airborne accuracy penalty by 60% for hand cannons and sidearms for auto rifles, scout rifles pulse rifles and submachine guns they reduced it by 20% uh, the penalty and then for bows they reduced it by 30% now my like quick thing here I feel like Tony already hit on the application for this like closing the gap but for me I'm worried about in-game. This is, I know we're reading the details and it is complicated. I'm worried about in-game, the numbers looking generally the same, like AE stat, and, and they're all close to 15 to 20. It's very small numbers, but the the difference is huge here, 60%, 20%, 30%. Mm. And so how does that translate to the normal player that reads this? I guess you got to come listen to Massive Breakdowns. That's what you got to do. So. I guess <laughs> but, so, because we're going to break it down, baby. It's just my small little, like, I wish that they didn't increase in D. Maybe it'll show in the stats. Maybe we'll be able to see it. I I can't say because we haven't seen it yet in game. But 
I would like for the stat itself to tell me, hey, hand cannons and sidearms are better in the air than auto rifle, scout rifles, pulse rifles, mm. and submachine guns. And bows are in between. Like, how, how does a player know that? And so that's, that's my one point. little, like, I hope we can see that in game somehow. Um, it's This is all great, and I love all this stuff. I love the implications for it that Tony's talking about. Hope we can see a little bit more of it in game. That's such a great point, you know, because I was thinking about that I was as I was reading some of these documents. I was thinking about that. Um, with regards to just less experienced players, players that are coming into the game, we've spoken about a lot about um, you know improving that new light experience, which I'm sure is 100% on uh, the uh, high priority list for Bungie, especially yeah. coming into Lightfall. Um, and so it's great that you know all of us nerds can kind of you know <laughs> nerd out to this massive breakdown, right? But you know it'd be great. You're right for Bungie to make to, to to have all this this extra info for us but for all of this to be baked into like a simple statistic so you're absolutely right you know if if uh sidearms and hand cannons are going to have just baseline better airborne effectiveness like out the box than a pulse rifle yeah. then that it's great to know all those nitty-gritty details by how much and how that ended up transitioning over time but if like for it to just all be baked into the AE stat on the bar in game and for that to be obvious to somebody that just picks up the game, especially with airborne effectiveness being kind of a, a relatively nuanced topic in general amongst mm -hmm. like first person shooters would be like ultra beneficial, ultra beneficial, especially yep. for somebody that is looking to invest a good amount of time into um, PVP as a first person shooter. Yeah, totally. Absolutely with you. Well, moving on from airborne effectiveness stuff uh we got some submachine gun changes here they essentially increase damage and aim assist fall off start at zero range by 30 percent. so you'll be able to hit further range and have better aim assist with a lower range stat and then they reduce damage and aim assist fall off starting at 100 stat range by six percent so the longer range doesn't do quite as much for you on smgs uh, which is great because you kind of, if you're using an SMG, you got to max out that range to really be effective against another player who's good with an SMG. It's almost all I look at. I know there are some in the community who are big. They're like, Lego, you need to look at stability a little bit. <laughs> and I refuse to, <laughs> yeah, but maybe this 100. will make me look at it a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh, the adaptive crit multiplier went from the adaptive frame for SMG went from 1.44 to 1.5 times crit multiplier, which... In, if you look at it in the spreadsheet, I kind of changed it real quick. Like, what does this do to the time to kill? They mentioned it in this TWAB, but it, they're bringing it into like lightweight SMGs, and it translates exactly in the spreadsheet. It goes to one bullet less to kill a 10 Resil Guardian, uh, and the time to kill is exactly the same as a lightweight. So, whoa, 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 whoa. You say Guardian as if everybody, look, it's a Titan. It's a Titan. I just know, call, just I know. call them what they are, dog. <laughs> just call them what they are. It's a Titan. It's t a Warlock ain't out there, unless you're sniping on a Warlock at a high level, a Warlock ain't out there with 10 Resil. And you you know I ain't out there on a Hunter with 10 Resilience, especially with the changes that came with regards to Dodge, which we'll talk about later on a Hunter. I ain't out there with 10 Resil. It's a Titan. Just I call was it a trying titan. to be fair, man. I, I feel <laughs> like I'm always just like, well, we're facing Titans. We're facing we're 10 fa Resil. It's, it's, it's them Titans, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and who knows? This is So why this is important is because we're getting armor changes and stat changes in mm. Lightfall. 
and we might be seeing less of those. So that that's important. We haven't got to that yet. That's a whole other thing. Is build they released a whole build crafting thing about armor and the changes, uh, and we might be losing or adjusting powerful light, radiant light. We're not mm-hmm. exactly sure how it's going to mm-hmm. work. <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, but but for for SMGs that that's it for SMGs and then after that they they talk about specifically there's some nitty gritty like forensic nightmare zoom increasing from 13 to 14. Same thing with these pulse rifle changes. They're specifically hitting the battler because it's great at everything, and the zoom for that's changing from 20 to 18. So I am sorry, battler fans. I know there are quite a few of them out there uh, that is happening. And then with pulses, we also got a range aim assist and damage fall off nerf specifically that they're reducing let's see reduced aim assist fall off stat at 100 so similar to the smgs how high range is going to bring it down they're reducing aim assist fall off start at 100 range by 10 percent and reduced damage fall off start at 100 range by five percent uh and then this is the big one which i'm curious your take on this if you ever use pulse rifles in the crucible increased recoil by 20 percent on mouse and keyboard players specifically uh, pulse is be... getting recoil increased by 20 percent it's interesting it's interesting it's a good change like hands down that's what i think about it uh pulse rifles while they feel like a dream on mnk i do recognize them as being problematic um and so while i enjoy using them pulse rifles are my second most used primary archetype uh, next to hand cannons like I do think it's a healthy change for sure because yeah. pulse rifle like I can put on pretty much like any pulse rifle and be zooming around with it for the, like I don't want people to take like I'm I'm obviously exaggerating people look it ain't <laughs> that crazy but I'm just saying I don't have to build into stability that much on a pulse rifle now um, with 20% increase in recoil on MNK it'll require me to maybe hopefully hopefully like think about that a little bit more about my stability stat about maybe having some additional stability perks on it. I'll have to maybe choose between a stability perk or a damage perk, you know, things like that, or a recoil perk or a damage perk. And having those, uh, I think that's healthy, uh, those options. I think that's healthy. Yeah, and then then on from that, uh, we already mentioned the sidearm stuff that you, that you talk about. They adjusted real fast. They buffed the sidearm 30%, aim assist buff, and then they reined it back down. That change that they made they're bringing it back down to 20 percent instead of the 30 percent extra range that they got which was crazy that that's the aim assist fall off distance they buffed it to 30 percent previously now it's down to 20 percent for sidearms so that's great that they're reining those in hey they're here but hey <laughs> don't overdo it mm-hmm. and then uh dead messenger got its splash damage brought down by 35 percent they don't want it to be as oppressive as it could be. And then they also nerfed Dead Man's Tail. Uh, I'm kind of running through all of them real quick so that we can comment on it. I don't want to just read a twab as it is. But yeah, Dead Man's Tail, getting that tweak, which I feel like you can speak to this maybe more than I can. Oh boy, they removed oh the damage penalty for five stacks of cranial spike and reduced basically everything. Hit fire and airborne aim assist cone angles by 25%, reduced hip fire cone angle bonus scaling from 20% to 5%, and then reduced hip fire precision aim cone from three degrees to 0.8 degrees, which that's a huge cone angle change. Yeah. And then reduced hip fire auto aim fall off scaler from 1.5 to 1.1. Look, I'm not gonna lie. I don't know. I, I've never used Dead Man's Tail in PvP. I don't know too much about the perk because it, it the perk has changed so much that it, it just seems a little complicated. And so I'm not saying that, 
you know, it's it's too complicated for me. I'm just saying I'm not very well versed and I just know how it feels. <laughs> and it feels super <laughs> oppressive. So all I got to say about it, all I got to say about this one is I'm glad um, that it's being addressed. It is extremely oppressive, extremely oppressive on uh, PC. I have... <laughs> the, jo- the joke that I make frequently is, man, I haven't felt something this crazy, like, on a gun since, like, when? Uh, oh, yeah, since the last time Dead Man's Tale was was <laughs> was out of band in the meta. It's the exact same gun. The exact same gun, just yeah. going crazy again, you know? So, um, the other, like, kind of example that I give folks is, uh, not only does, does this thing, like, hit around the wall often on PC, like I said, I can only speak on my personal experience. I'm not trying to speak for anything else. Mm. But I was playing Burnout trials um back that weekend a couple couple weeks ago and i'm talking about coast to coast you know inside east door west door hit across the map and behind a wall by the last bullet so fast it made my head spin i could not believe it um and so i am super happy that that thing is uh is being uh, addressed because it just makes uh, a lot of games just unplayable like straight up just unplayable that's all i can speak to it yeah yeah um, and uh, I'll continue to keep a closer eye on it to see if I can wrap my head around uh, exactly what's going on with it. Yeah, I will say it, it's just the those precision hits are just granting you more range and aim assist, and they kind of pulled that back. And so now they're not getting a damage penalty anymore. And I, I what I feel like this is doing, the, the whole thing is it's making it more usable at base and like, hey, it can ramp up faster. But the the gist of it here, the TLDR, is that it's going to be, be less incredible from the hip the way right now you can just bam, 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 and auto-connect everything for you. Yeah, it's yeah. extremely consistent, and it's extremely forgiving as well. So, yeah. um, you know, now on the flip side, what I will say is I'm glad that folks were able to have their power fantasy for a time. That And that's True. my thing. That's my yeah, thing yeah. about it. Is It's just like, this was like a half a season change, right? Like, yeah, it's fast, yeah. You know, I'm glad that folks were able to have their, it's kind of like with uh, laser tag weekend way back when, mm. when Prometheus lens was, was crazy, like high key crazy. It was the best thing in the crucible for like for, for a week before they ended up like patching it or whatnot. So uh, I know a lot of folks really enjoyed the changes to dead man's tale, uh, have put a lot of kills on it in that time span and just, just genuinely found it enjoyable to use. They didn't just equip it just to compete or because somebody else equipped it. They didn't, you know, hate equip it. Basically, um, they genuinely enjoyed using it and they they space cowboyed it for the last uh, half a season. And I think that's kind of cool, like, too. I don't want that to always be the case, you know, right. because, you know, the last half a season, I've just been like even more into private matches than I have been in the past, I feel like. But with changes coming so frequently, it's it's cool to see that uh, folks are actually like enjoying uh, a weapon that they know, you know, is eventually going to get pulled back. But um, I've heard I've heard a lot of my folks say, man, I just genuinely enjoy this weapon, which is which is cool versus, um, you know, other weapons in other metas, oppressive metas where they felt like they had to equip it in order to compete. Totally. And I think with all of this, it's it's saying that 
we're adjusting those those nitty gritty things that are within that top skill bracket. Uh, maybe this one bled down a little bit more, but for the most part, you know, they're they're making these changes. Like the Battler is the one that really sticks out to me, and the sidearm one too, and the SMGs. All this does they're they're just you know just making it just perfect here. Hopefully, we'll we'll see once we try it out today. So that's mm. exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they mentioned some stuff coming soon, which isn't that important for the conversation of Crucible, but a full auto melee, which is kind of terrifying to think about. i uh, a little afraid of that. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> On to abilities. We've got some serious changes here. Increased base cooldown time of the following class abilities by 20%. We've got barricade, towering barricade, base cooldown increase from 40 seconds to 48 seconds. Rally barricade, base cooldown increase from 32 seconds to 38 seconds. Thruster, which no one saw coming, base cooldown increase from 30 seconds to 36 seconds. Dodge, marksman dodge, base cooldown increase from 29 seconds to 34 seconds. And gambler's dodge, base cooldown increase from 38 seconds to to 46 seconds. And the kicker on top of all of this is Saiten's got its own specific nerf where (laughs) increase the cooldown of barricade ability while Saiten's ramparts are equipped by 70%. Increase the amount of damage players deal to a Scythe's Barricade by 25%. So basically, we're going to see a lot less Scythe's is what I'm reading from all of this. Yeah, most definitely. Oh, that'll be a dream because, you know, in a lot of my games, I'm finding like, especially comp games, like, you know, one, two, sometimes three Scythe's. And then, man, if I see it in quick play, I kind of just like lose it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I kind of just lose it. People see it and... You know, I'm me on stream and I'm I'm just like, man, why are we even doing this just in quick play? Mm. Let's let's go, baby. Come on, let's just let's just shoot some guns. So I'm super excited to see uh see less of that, honestly. It is a little I, I think the I'm curious to get your take on this because the feedback that I saw on the other stuff, like barricade, yes, great, twenty percent less or increased base cooldown time by twenty percent. But the thruster and the dodge, I saw some people pretty upset about that for hunters and even Titans were like, hey. Uh, what's the problem here? And I'm curious your take on it before I say anything. I was not excited about that. I was not excited about that. I can't, like, Thruster is the lesser, you know, used Mm -hmm. of the, like, you don't see Thruster too, too often. It's also just on one subclass. It's just on Arc, like Striker Titan, right? It's also new. Arc 3.0 just got introduced. I'm actually kind of surprised that Thruster took a hit. I don't see mm-hmm. Thruster as being like super duper impactful, especially since it's a trade-off for a barricade, which is a stronger competitive. The uh, the stronger competitive alternative always uh, is to have that barricade. So I was got, actually kind of surprised to see that. Whether it was necessary or not, I'll, I'll leave that up to other folks to kind of discern because right. I don't use Thruster. But just in my humble opinion, I think that was kind of just unnecessary. Dodge, I'm just disappointed to see Dodge take a hit because... Mm-hmm. Dodge just recently got nerfed, I believe, on the cooldown a little while back. But definitely it got that aim assist that it used to break. Um, It got that nerfed, right, Uh, around uh, Witch Queen, I believe. Yeah. And so it no longer dodging, no longer, especially Gambler's Dodge, by changing that hitbox, it no longer breaks aim assist. So I'm just kind of surprised because barricades were 
by far the most oppressive cooldown uh, class ability in this meta. And it was just striking how how oppressive it, it was, um, especially when you end up pairing in the Sightens, especially you, as mm-hmm. you, you know, people, the ability to uh, loop those barricades, uh, skill-based matchmaking, just making competitive play stand out more and more. The fact that we just got the competitive division rework as well. You just saw Titans, 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 and barricades are just great for picking up heavy, for picking up you know, increasing number of modes are implementing uh, respawn via revives. So picking up the revives and things along that line. So, yeah, I was surprised to see Dodge included in that. I was surprised to see Dodge and Thruster included in that and Rifts not included in that. I'm not saying that I was advocating for Rifts to be included in that. Right. But yeah, I was I was definitely surprised. And the only thing I can think about with it is that maybe there's something with regards to Lightfall and Strand. Uh, maybe there's some sort of synergy that they were trying to address ahead of time. That's the only thing that I can kind of think of because, I, you know, otherwise I found it kind of unnecessary and I was kind of disappointed by those changes. Right. I think playing the other side of it, I feel like if you're trying to bring down all abilities, kind of hitting them all feels fair. But like you said, they left out Warlock Rifts, so it's an interesting choice. I will say Thruster and Dodge are the two that are, they kind of, I've got to be careful with my words here because people are going to pin me down on this and they're going to be like, yo, it, you know, this, this is mobility. This is what we want is more engagement. And I, I do want those things. I do want a faster paced game. We've had a season of sitting behind barricades and pulse rifles. I do enjoy those things too, but it also is a bit of a, I'm going to take my peak shot and then get out of dodge and not engage you because I got shot first. I didn't get my shot off. I'm out. Like that's mm. what those abilities can be for, which also leaves to that cat and mouse play style that is a little can be a little slower especially when you mix in healing nades for dodge specifically not so much thruster but somebody who's really good with thruster can be very difficult to play against on the higher tier stuff so i i under and i think more than anything it's like a preemptive okay barricade times are going up these other options are going to be hot Let's go ahead and take care of them a little bit before it gets out of hand, and then they can rein it back down if they need. Keep in mind as well, and sorry to interrupt, no, but good. keep in mind as well, like they're trying to rein in abilities a bit. Yes. And those two, this is this is also something that was on my mind. Those two synergize really well with just getting your abilities back. So, you know, Gambler's Dodge is yes. a great example of that. You know, when you dodge uh, you end around an enemy, you end up getting your melee back for free, just straight right. up right there. You know, so if we're talking about a, uh, a weighted knife, then you get a one hit kill. You get potentially a one hit kill back like right there. So yep. a thruster has some synergy, you know, along the same lines, but not as deep of a synergy, you know, with uh, mm-hmm. with thruster on Titan. But dodge has like a lot of synergy. That's kind of a talking point, a, a specific point with regards to hunter. There's a lot of synergy between uh, hunter dodge and abilities. And then if you end up uh, adding on top like exotics, you know, they have some exotics that do the same thing. Worm right. husk comes to mind, for example. So, yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. It's either maybe like something coming in Lightfall or, you know, them continuing to try to rein in abilities, you know, Warlock Rift, although I find it more oppressive in my opinion, in my experience than uh, Hunter Dodge. You know, Warlocks aren't necessarily putting their rifts down right next to an enemy. Yeah, that's what's required, you know, sometimes for them to actually get an ability back off right. of dropping that rift or Phoenix Dive, for example. So... Yeah, that's that's kind of just what I'm thinking. But yeah. and we'll you see. could be totally right with future oriented stuff with Lightfall. There could be stuff because it's coming pretty close to Lightfall now. We're we're not that far away, and we already have a whole new armor slash mod slot system that we'll get into in a second that 
could play off of some of these things. Like you were mentioning how the dodge plays off of getting your abilities back. There could be more powerful ways to get your abilities back that we don't know about yet. So that, that's yeah. good thinking too. And then along with the abilities, we got touch of thunder changes for storm grenade the secondary this one had us laughing before <laughs> the show just how strong touch of thunder is already on grenades secondary strike damage has been reduced from 40 to 30 which is significant as it pulses um it's not killing you as quickly and then added a 0.24 second delay between grenades initial strike on impact and the creation of the roaming storm and that roaming storm's travel speed now begins at 1.5 meters per second and ramps oh. up to 1.3 seconds Thank as God. a to a maximum of three meters per second, which previously traveled at a flat 3.5 meters per meters second. Per second. <laughs> what? What? When I like when I read that, I was just like, yo, how, how do we even mm. <laughs> like mm. to start? How did we even at baseline? Come on, baby. Who thought that was? Come on, baby. <laughs> and so, when you combine it with the strength of barricades yep. like yes. it was just yes. so strong it was so so it was i probably disliked playing against that more than any void thing that titans had going on this like overshields are frustrating but putting up a barricade and then three titans throwing these storm nades at you that travel traveled at 3.5 meters yep. per second that yep. were doing that 40 damage on the secondary strike like ooh, man it was it was rough it was rough yeah Definitely. And, you know, there's validity to the argument uh, of folks that say, OK, well, it forced people to move in a meta that mm. is 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 very passive, is very passive. Counter. And and that's valid. That's valid yeah. for sure. But, you know, as we continue to push out of this passive meta, hopefully, you know, that isn't uh, necessary as much. I find it frustrating more so these days um, because with that three point five meters per second, I mean, it's just it's pushing me off of just just pushes. It's pushing me off of control points um, that I should I should, you know, be able to hold. I've got cover. I've you know, I've got everything that I'm supposed to have with regards to great positioning for this control point, And it's it's pushing me off of that. And not only that, it's not just pushing me off. It's doing so much damage that yeah. it allows an arc titan that is one of the fastest, if not the fastest character in the game to push up on me and just clean me up. Yeah. Uh, from 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 afar, you know, because we're talking about I'm already damaged, right? So, and you it's just really unpredictable. It's unpredictable half the time as well. I, I do I, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm worried about getting pushed up on. I'm worried about taking additional damage. I'm worried about evading and maybe even completely backing off. And like sometimes I even just straight up die to it because I, I, I just got limited options. I got limited options. So I'm glad to see it kind of like toned back a little bit. Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't take away some of the actual viability of it, the validity of it as a grenade. But yeah, uh, 3.5 meters per second. As soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, okay. That's why this, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, I, and I agree. And I like what you said about getting you off the zone and then getting you weak. And then there's the second part of not just getting you out of your defensive position, but it, and this is what I hope this fixes, is it would get me off of a position and then my secondary defensive position, it made yep. me get off of that because it yep. was still it on made me. You and I was like, completely back off. Bro, <laughs> please <laughs> let me have some angle that I can defend this point yeah. because, or 
defend the res or or even or even engage too yeah you know let let me let me have like this secondary position to where i can engage but you know what there's just an ability chasing me around and then i've got this titan that's about to chase me around with jug as well you know it's just it's just a little little too much or (laughs) antaeus yeah 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 So it's just like, man, Titans are scary. Y'all, y'all Titans out there, y'all scary. I'm telling you. I ain't been more scared than a Titan, you know, of a Titan in like a minute. And I've been playing a decent amount of Titan. And I'm still scared as a Titan. Wow. Well, <laughs> say Titan one more time. <laughs> Hopefully, we can see <laughs> some more Hunter and Warlock in air play. We talked about the in air accuracy for shotguns and snipers, that 50% less of a penalty yeah. to them, and then slugs uh, or pellets, sorry, completely taken away. And then we've got on the ground remove stability, incoming flinch, and shotgun pellet spread penalties oh, while baby. sliding. So this, this is the one oh, I mentioned at baby. the very beginning of the episode that it happened in 2021 they, they gave us a sliding penalty and this yeah. sliding penalty I, I had to write it down because they don't say it in the TWAB but it was massive and people often forget about this and I am often reminding people about the negative 20 stability nerf that you get whenever you slide and then on top of that 1.5 times flinch and on top of that shotgun specifically plus 15% shotgun Crazy. pellet spread that that's what we've been dealing with for the yeah. past like year and a over a year not a year and a half but maybe catching up to that well, i gotta so. tell you like the club is so i've been crying in the club for like a minute with <laughs> shotguns for real <laughs> and so i'm just i'm so happy man i'm so happy for real and i was talking in the pre-show with you a little bit about at higher tier play how you have to play um, against folks that have better latency than you, you can't really slide shotgun against them. You can't. Oh, yeah. Because they're going to pop off a shotgun first, you know, latency-wise, and your shotgun's just going to go to the moon due to the flinch off of sliding. And so in higher-tier play, you literally have to know who's got that latency. It's crazy. Like, um, I'm, t- I'm telling you, it goes deep. You have to peg who's got that higher-tier latency and you have to factor that into how you engage them with the shotgun if it's shotgun versus shotgun i have to stand still or Mm. i have to do maybe maybe a baby jump but usually not a baby jump because obviously jumping until you know today Um, but usually i just have to straight up stand still and just like bait or not engage them with the shotgun at all it's it was it was insane it was insane because like i said with the latency if they shoot off the shotgun shot first which they will my shotgun is just going to go to the moon and I'm either going to get them absolute or uh, it's just not even going to go off or, you know, there's just a variety of different different things. But uh, yeah, some people are just unkillable right now, but I'm, I'm hoping that it kind of equalizes that uh, come today. Well, I think all these things combined is what's interesting that we get, you know, you can use shotguns in air now more and you can slide with them on the ground more. And we're just yeah. seeing that push. We, we're we circling back again. We circle back with Rumble with the very beginning. The very beginning, I was like, where do where do I go? When we first took over the show a few months ago, we, we talked about I'm not sure where to go on my playlist. And now we also talked about in that episode how if shotguns were strong, I believe it was that episode, it might have been a different podcast me and you were on, but we talked about how shotguns and when they're not strong and people can't move around the map as well and the gameplay becomes stagnant, it becomes a less fun game. And even even as someone who likes killing shotgun players, me, (laughs) I still like when the game is faster and I, you know, like engaging in them. I don't like sitting back behind barricades and pulse rifles and all that. And so just to see all these things 
together and what the crucible is going to look like now with all these changes is pretty exciting i'm excited for a faster paced crucible I, i completely agree with that and let me just put an exclamation point on that as well the fact that look i'm definitely not saying it and lego's definitely not saying it either that look shotgun metas are like the best meta per se yeah you know or when shotguns are like like Shotguns are in a much healthier state now. And I've always said it. So many people have always said it with regards to shotguns. I don't care if my shotgun maps. I'm not, I don't need it to map. I just need it to be consistent within the range that is a one hit kill, like consistent enough. Right. Mm -hmm. And I need it to be able to just like my hand cannon. I want it to be a variety of ways that I can engage with it, like sharply within that range of engagement and for it to be consistent so that I could develop and build a consistent play style around it. Um, And so when shotguns, I feel like are fairly balanced now with regards to the one hit kill ranges and the requirement for you to have, you know, a certain level a certain quality of shotgun for it to be consistent um, right. within those ranges. Pretty much got to have like a four or 4.5 out of five, in my opinion, for it to be like strongly competitive. You know, I, this is a good time. This is a good time yeah. for these changes is, is all I'm saying. And yes, it is healthy for the crucible when folks are navigating the map regularly, as opposed to more regularly, like posting up in a passive um, type of uh, play style. You know, speaking of the full picture, you just reminded me if it's going to be a faster paced game, which I'm hoping for, that might have been another reason for the mobility ability nerf, like the thrusters and the dodge, how those are getting toned down a little bit. We're going to see more aggressive, I'm guessing, gameplay with shotguns and sliding and in-air stuff. Maybe they're like, okay, well, let's loosen up a little bit on the stuff that is evasive maybe Mm, um, mm. preemptively because there's going to be a lot more movement and we know there's going to be a lot more movement with strand so that's a no-brainer but even for now you know we'll see and also i want to bring up as well that shotguns are, are heavily featured in this statement here because of the shotgun pellet spread but don't forget that this sliding penalty applied to every weapon yes. so hand cannon sliding now will feel better yes. when you're getting shot at you're not going to get flinched as hard and for me this is a huge fusion rifle buff because so many fusion rifles i hate to say it depend like the they go towards firmly planted as a perk which only happens when you're sliding or crouching and so tons of people use that sliding and your stability is actually going to get a buff now rather than before this negative stability was kind of basically mirroring firmly planted and taking the stability part away from your fusion rifle whereas now you're actually going to be getting that firmly planted buff so just something to think about for you fusion rifle players i almost didn't even want to say it (laughs) no no let's say it let's say it you know uh, let's say it like what i really enjoyed about the last episode is I like talking about those spicy builds. I like mm. talking about those spicy builds. I think people enjoy talking about it as well. And what I love as well, just to add on top of that, is that you know Bungie is moving more and more in the direction of, hey, we can have these spicy builds, baby, but there's got to be some investment. There's got to be some intention with regards to that build crafting. It can't just be something easy. I was talking to a friend right. last night that I was doing GMs with, and they were talking about how they ended up one-shotting a Titan out of Thunder Crash. And Ooh. that person ended up adding them on like two different platforms or something like that just to figure out not to talk toxicity. They became friends, you know, but to that. just just to figure out exactly how that occurred. And... 
the person that got shot out of the thunder crash was so surprised because they were just like, oh my God, you did all that? Just to, it, it was just like, I was just trying to do it once. My buddy was just like, I was just trying to do it once. But they they had set it up like three, four. It was, it was something deep. They had mm. to do a lot of things in order, in order to get the damage up to the degree that they were able to pretty easily, once that damage was up, they were pretty easily able to, uh, to shotgun, uh, or I can't remember what they actually used for it, but to kill that Titan out of Thunder Crash. It's really cool. Oof. So I love now, talking now about these builds Now I'm going to sure. DM you later. I'm going to figure out what that is because that sounds fun. <laughs> buddy, it's my buddy Iridian. I'm telling you, that dude that dude got a big brain. I was talking That's to him last awesome. night. So, so yeah, I could definitely put you in touch and we could talk about Oof. it, but super but, cool. Before we move out of this this ability stuff, I want I want to move on, but I just want to point out just the one thing that stood out to me that wasn't here was mm. healing nades and you know the way healing works in the crucible right now. I know it's been turned down a bit, but it's still it's still the one thing to me that feels like the get out of jail free card like you yeah. really really got to push in and I like that there's synergy between classes like if you got someone running stasis and you got someone running healing that's really hard to play against because they kind of push in they get shot they retreat they heal you push in thinking you're going to kill them and then there's stasis buddies waiting there with you know yeah. what a dust filled and auto freeze melee from the warlock something like that so there's this these these things that I'm I'm wondering what's going to happen but I also like I'm going back on myself now that there's still options for some interesting mind games there I, it's yeah. just the one thing i noticed that like hey none of this is here hmm yeah the, I, it was interesting that healing aids were kind of like left out of it but maybe they might be addressed in the more like global ability change true maybe you know healing aids will get hit more specifically because people can't just be having a healing aids almost every engagement people can't be just be having healing aids like every especially if they're quick rounds and trials every round you know um I mean, I guess maybe not every, but every engagement, it's, it's pretty frequent. So I do feel like there's a middle ground to be had there with regards to healing nades, even though, you know, they can be uh, frustrating just at a baseline. So uh, we'll see, we'll see most definitely, but yeah. I, I hear you on that. Well, let's jump into the new build crafting stuff. Cause they mentioned it. I'm, we're not going to spend a ton of time here. Cause I know that it's primarily, I want to say primarily PVE, but this is going to be PVP in a big way too, because things that we're used to seeing like quick charge, powerful friends, radiant light, all of that could change. We don't have the details for it yet. So I'm just going to list some bullet point changes here. And then we mm. can talk about potential implications for them before we move on to the Aikilos weapons. So the, the big things here, they're doing big build crafting updates where they're removing energy types from mods and armor. Uh, so they're moving from weapon type specific mods to damage type specific mods for increased flexibility in builds. And this comes with a huge mod customization screen, which is very helpful. You can actually mod out your guardian completely all the different armor slots on one page and move to your weapon page and modify all that and see how the stats are changing as a whole which amazing. looks like an amazing interface like wow yeah. i can't wait to have that even if you save your builds in dim still or something like that and you can also this is going to be really helpful for visualizing everything uh, speaking yeah. of builds they're also having loadouts now up to 10 in game using different sources, which is going to be big for PVP switching on the fly. We've got artifact mods are changing to passively uh, apply those artifact mods that you get for every season. You can only select so many of them, but they will automatically apply to your loadout. So you're not taking up gear mod slots. 
That is huge. And then because of that, Artifice Armor is also changing to where instead of applying artifact mods, it's now going to be an extra mod slot that grants bonus character stats like strength and mobility, etc. And so all of these things just bring up so many questions. And, and one last thing too, Elemental Wells. Now, this is the question, big question mark for me. It's being converted to things like stasis shards and ionic traces, but for every single element is gonna have something. And I'm wondering right now, Elemental Wells, we don't have those in PVP. Are these things going to affect PVP now? Because ionic traces and stasis shards are in PVP. So, you know, are are we gonna see the transfer of that over? I'm so curious how all of this is going to play out. And it also raises the question about Quick Charge, Powerful Friends, and Radiant Light. Yeah. I mean, because Quick Charge in particular for us shotgunners, you know, is 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 really the mod right now that is essential at... So essential. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Essential at closing the gap with regards to the Quick Draw nerf. Yes. Um, once Quick Draw ended up getting nerfed, shotguns, I mean, you really had to build into that handling and it became really difficult to build into both substantial amounts of handling and the range that was necessary in order to get a consistent one hit kill, right? Mm-hmm. To, to add that consistency to your shotgun, because for a while now it's been, yo, just put as much range as, as you can on your shotgun. There's a reason why time loss found verdict with opening shot has been the go-to shotgun for, for a while and why Matador at this point and precision shotguns are on the menu on the table as well. So it'll be interesting to see how the um, change to quick charge ends up playing out and what they may end up doing to it or including, you know, or adding to the game in order to compensate to allow our shotguns to, to still feel great on the handling side and to ease some of that pressure of trying to choose consistency or handling. I, I just feel like right now it's in a really sweet spot and I would hate to see, hate to see that change basically. I know, yeah, and I feel the same pain, not the exact same, but it's similar for something like a fusion rifle, because fusion rifles are included in quick charge too. Fusion rifles, you got shotguns, you got SMGs and sidearms. No, I, look, 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 shotguns, okay, Lego, shotguns, all right, y'all been eating for like a minute, y'all SMG (laughs) players, y'all fusion rifle players, y'all sidearm players, y'all been eating, y'all been eating, all right, all right. You're not wrong. (laughs) <laughs> but you have to understand that no fusion rifle player, at least not very many of them, there are the, some that do, don't spec out for handling as much as a shotgun player does. And so when you get a nerf to a fusion rifle on the handling, on a shot, on a fusion rifle that I already only have 15 handling on, and then you're taking away my one way of I pushing that up. I need zero. I need zero handling. Okay. Right? Okay. You're right. <laughs> I mean, you're right. You're right. They, we don't I'm joking, need I'm it. Joking. It's just a nicety. You no. no of course. Of course. I, I'm not letting you joke because you're because it, it, it deserves <laughs> to be said. We, we're getting off easy. <laughs> yeah. Um, fair. 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 Only. Only because. Only because of the consistency of fusion rifles right. compared to shotguns for a yes. while. Not. Not necessarily because they whip out fast. Now, keep in mind, I'm with you though because the two fusion rifles. Remember, we had that fusion rifle mm. stuff, and you know, I. I still haven't like put out that video, but <laughs> please forgive me. But remember, we were talking about my two favorite fusion rifles that you suggested, and one of them was that Timelines Vertex yes. that Zer sold a while back that had Snapshot on it. And you know, for us us handling folks, it feels like a dream. And for even yeah. folks that during the low impact 
what do you call them? Like, like low, I guess it's low impact, like fusion rifle meta. Like back in the they, day, they had the, yeah, 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 high impact stuff. Yeah, yeah, they had the low, the low impact ones. They had like Cartesian, didn't they? Oh, they rapid have fire. naturally rapid yeah. fire. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. I'm so <laughs> sorry, everybody. Holy rapid fire fusions. Don't they have intrinsically or inherently higher handling as well? Uh, I they like might. other it, they're definitely more snappier anyway. Even if it's not an actual perk on them, they just. Uh have a lot of ones with higher handling on them i'm not sure if it's intrinsic to the frame uh let's see so slightly faster reload or magazine it's a slightly faster reload when the magazine's empty so that's all it really does there i don't okay. think there's any that are snappier the by baseline default. snap the the baseline stats for them yes. usually have higher handling. i yes. guess my point is i don't want to get too far off you know like uh but my point is you know, even I'm sure fusion riflers, a lot of them, and when I put on a fusion, I like to have some good handling on it. So I can definitely relate to right. folks that may, you know, fusion rifle mains that may be kind of like wary, like myself, about the change to quick charge. <laughs> well, I know there are a lot of people who don't even use quick charge right now, but what they do use is powerful friends and radiant light. And it's mm. pretty clear that something is going to happen there. They just haven't specifically said i know you can read into this and and read what you want to here and this is going to be a funky time as we release these podcast episodes leading up to lightfall because there are interviews and articles coming out that each give a little bit more info so there may be things that we don't cover here or that we didn't see in an interview as we lead up to lightfall but of course we're going to talk about it all as it's released in these twabs and as we see it in game we'll be able to talk about it clear but what i'm curious about is if powerful friends and radiant light go away in the sense that they are now i feel like hunters are going to be the ones that suffer the most definitely because their class ability relies on mobility which can be pushed up a lot with here whereas no other class really relies on these things so i'm curious what what your feelings are on that as a hunter i i'm okay personally with things getting moved down the only problem is is this was kind of a it was like a secret negotiation between hunters and the rest of the class we're like hey we know mobility sucks is a stat to invest into y'all got resilience which is really important you got recovery which is really important we got mobility and but so give us powerful friends but now if powerful friends gets changed uh you know what's going on with the mobility stat no you're absolutely right and so kind of the crux of it is if i'm on a, a hunter you know, I'm trying to invest at this point in resilience, recovery, and mobility. Of course, all three of those are important for a hunter. Mm-hmm. But if I'm on a warlock or a titan, people don't care about mobility, you know, because it's not a stat that is universally impactful across all classes. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm concerned that, uh, you know, for my hunter, uh, which is the character that I play the most, but I'm I'm just hoping that in Lightfall mobility, I mean, there's been a lot of community outcry for mobility to be more impactful for it to get some sort of investment that's necessary, uh, generally necessary across like, you know, all classes. Right. We'll see. Hopefully with Strand or just in general, they'll they'll kind of have that on the mind and we'll see something kind of creative. I I'm optimistic that we will remember mm. that. Yeah, resistance just got the flinch resistance, you know? Yeah. So, we, I mean, we just got that. We just right. got that. So, I feel like mobility's on the table for getting something, even if it does end up becoming airborne effectiveness, which has been a suggestion for a while, hmm. um, that, you know, increased mobility, just to kind of clarify, increased mobility will also increase, to some degree, some moderate degree, airborne effectiveness of your weapons. So Interesting. Yeah, it'd yeah. be interesting to see. 
And we already see some of these changes coming over, just ways to build those stats up more in the loss, potential loss. I don't want to say loss because we're not exactly sure what's happening yet, but artifice armor, having that new extra mod slot to add some extra stats if we're not having to invest all our energy into powerful friends, charge with light, radiant light, all these things, we have the options to build out our character's stats more evenly and add a little bit of mobility here, add a little bit of recovery there with these artifice slots. But that just makes me want artifice armor in in-game PvP content, which I yeah. know probably won't happen because it's a unique thing for dungeons, but... I, I hey, don't know. It'd be nice. Hey, but the suggestion the suggestion that I would make is comp. Right comp, now, comp oh only man. has rows. Only has rows. And you and you only get three. So it's not as if you're playing random games um, and getting a rose drop. It'd be nice to get some artifice armor right. out of comp. And it not it wouldn't be play to win either. Or like, or sorry, play to win is the wrong word. It's like skill to win where it's like, if you're really good, then you get it. It'd just be, you just yeah. play those three games. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Even if, even if it's a low drop, just having some additional drops in there would be dope and would be incentive to, to play it. Cause you know, as a PVP main, ideally I'd like to play PVP for my artifice armor instead of, right. you know, running a dungeon. I'm not saying I don't enjoy dungeons or that the quality of dungeons is just crazy. It's so good. I really like that, you know, the new Spire of the Watcher dungeon. I thought that that was mm. done very, very, very well. But if if I had a preference, you know, I'd just like to be in comp and, and be rewarded for playing right. PVP for playing comp, which is where I would like to be ideally. Also, I'll mention this as well. In two weeks, we're going to have duality back up. And this is kind of just like an FYI. We're going to have duality back up. Duality is the best place to farm artifice armor. So get in there mm. in two weeks, uh, farm artifice armor specifically in duality. Now, that's not to say you can't get, you know, artifice armor from the other dungeon bosses uh, from from master level or whatnot. But this the special thing about duality and, and big ups to my community for putting me on top of this is that the artifice armor that drops from duality has generally a higher stat level than other drops from other mm. dungeons. So it's a good time to farm it, especially if you're like me and you just, you know, you have a lot of time to invest in the game and I just want the best um, so that I have a lot of, uh, you know, extra room to play around with, with regards to builds and stats. Um, duality is the place to do it. So get your artifice armor in two weeks. Nice. That's a that's a great heads up. I really hope I don't think it's going to happen, but like them changing artifice armor for the new system where the old one doesn't translate as well. Like I hope what we have we can take forward. Like it has to, right? They didn't come out and say that, I don't think, but I feel like it has to. They mm. wouldn't just because that would throw away too much time, would feel too much like sunsetting and they're pretty against that now. But with the rest of our time, if you don't have anything else for the the mod customization stuff cuz it's all it's all really cool but we got some current stuff to go no, over as no, well. No, no, that's 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 about it for me. What I will say is I'll just say Bungie please give restoration times one to Phoenix Dive. All right, mm. we can keep moving. Mm. No, I like mm-hmm. I, I would love to see some Phoenix Dive reverse cuz I, I really like Phoenix Dive. A lot. I, I think love it's really cool. Phoenix Dive. It is so cool of a movement mechanic. Yeah. You know, on top of the fact that it has viability, it's sick. Like, there's so many times where, like, my evasion technique is to just, like, Icarus Dash. And at the end of the Icarus Dash, I'm around a corner and I Phoenix Dive right out of the Icarus Dash. It's, yes. it's clean. It's clean. It's so, clean. You'd be so proud of me. I, I never, you know me, I, I experimented with all different types of weapons stuff, but I, I tend to gravitate toward things like Fusion of the Glade, but I was using a shotgun and some, I don't know, remember whoa, what I was, whoa, it was whoa. a shotgun and something. And I'm rubbing off, any, folks, I'm rubbing off. I know, and and I was testing out some in-air warlock stuff and I had the, the dive on and I, it just, 
just looks so good. I don't even it's care that so it's effective. Good. I came around a corner exactly. and I'm pretty sure it was, I don't know if it was comp, but it was a 3v3 something. And it was around the corner. A shotgunner knew I was there and they kind of got the jump on me. I just blinted them with one shot of, I think it was an arrow. And then I dove, did the Phoenix dive down and they jumped up to get shotgun in range with me. And I went past them on mm-hmm. the ground, aimed up with my shotgun and just eliminated them right there. Dude, it, did you did you clip that so that I you did, could then? I need to slow-mo it because it looks so freaking close. Please, like that please was tag me. Amazing. Please tag me. See, it, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, the movement so in this good. game, I'm telling you, it's just like people don't understand, man. The movement in this game is so rewarding. And so mm-hmm. when you get that movement clean and you're able to chain it, it's just so cool. It's so cool. Yeah. yeah. And that's oh. what's great. By the way, I'm sorry because, oh, I just love like gushing about like shotgunning and hand cannoning. Mm-hmm. That's what's so great about like shotgunning is that, you know, pellet shotgunning in particular is that you can do all this different movement. And as long as your aim is true at the end of that movement or even through that movement, oftentimes you can still get a nice shotgun shot off, um, which just opens up your options, you know, for how you end up evading their shots, how you end up, you know, engaging in the first place. It's just, it's just so cool. And that's Mm. uh, one of the ways that, uh, one of the reasons why Destiny PVP is just so unique and cool. And I hope they continue to double down on it within reason. Totally. Okay, we got some Ikelos weapons that we have not gone over yet. Craftable for this season. I want to go Let's over a few of them. We just got four real quick. We're going to knock out here. And starting off, we've got the Ikelos hand cannon. I, just a quick note on the names on these. It's kind of funny because they're not. it's not the same exact name. It's Ikelos underscore HC underscore V1.0.3 as before it was 0.2 and the first version was 0.1. Just a little yep. funny thing they do with the name there. Because yeah. uh, I'm looking through the spreadsheets trying to find them and I'm like, oh yeah, it's Point three now, not not point one, not point two. Okay, this hmm. is a precision hand cannon, and I'm gonna lean on you a lot for this one. I'm I'm gonna say the numbers here, but you are the hand cannon master, and so I'm why. definitely gonna lean on you a little bit for this one. But the Ikelos, uh, these haven't changed much from previous seasons. As I mentioned, I think last episode, they changed the in-air effectiveness value, the airborne effectiveness value of these as they're reintroduced, and I think this, that's just to bring them in line with the current stuff. Um, but the range on this one's 32, uh, the stability 52, handling 33, reload speed 33, aim is 75, which is pretty decent. It's like the one decent stat here. Recoil direction 91, mag size 12, and in-air effect, airborne effectiveness is 14. So it's not my favorite hand cannon. That is what I will say about it. I'm curious <laughs> what you have to say about it, Tony, because I just can't find a place for this thing in my play style. Yeah, and that's fair. That's fair. Uh, I've never been the biggest fan of 180 hand cannons myself. It's probably the uh, subfamily that I'm least uh, familiar with um, and have least amount of experience with. The biggest reason why maybe I have uh, some experience with it is because Not Forgotten was just such a necessity back in the day. And so I do have, you know, quite, I mean, it's been transitioned to a 140 now, but back in the day, it was a 180 RPM hand cannon Mm -hmm. um, along with uh, the other 180 uh, hand cannons such as this one. Yeah, in PvP at least, I can't really see too much of a reason to equip this thing. 
you're right about the aim assist being a little bit higher. I feel like uh, on average, what I will say is 180 hand cannons for my controller players, they know this already, I don't even have mm-hmm. to say it, are kind of a dream on controller. They are they specifically cater, I feel like, to folks that are on controller. If you end up getting, and I've said this before, if you end up getting, I can't remember the name of the hand cannon right now off the top of my head from Iron Banner, that thing is crazy, people. Mm. That thing is crazy, you know? It gets crazy range. You can get kill clip on it. I believe you might be able to get Adagio. Uh, you, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong. No, I, I think I'd you're have right. To pull it up. Yeah, the newest one does get it. It's it's so good. It's so good. So that's not to say that one, even on MK, that's not to say that 180 hand cannons aren't great. But what I will say is maybe this one right here is not the greatest, especially when you can't, you know, you, you can't get it adept either, right? So if you end up maxing out the range and sure, I'll put full bore on for this one. Why not? Why not? Why not? If you end up maxing out the range, you end up having a range stat of 67. That ends up being uh, 31.28 meters uh, before damage fall off. That's not a lot, especially if you don't have range finder on that. That's not a lot, basically. You know, whenever I'm looking at hand cannons, 140s in particular, uh, I'm normally not going to equip anything that is below 32. It's just not mm. going to be even sort even sort of competitive, even in quick play. Now, that being said, that being said, um, if you can get into range, especially in this new meta where pulse rifles have been pulled back a little bit, if you can get in range and this thing has like good, good stability. You equip, you know, hammer forge, for example, or even uh, small bore, then you're still at 59 range. You're still at 30.33 meters. Um, you're at 62 stability and you have the option for something like rapid hit, which is, which is really good on 180s in my opinion. Keep in mind that, you know, damage perks on this thing you know, oftentimes end up dropping this from a four tap to the head to a three tap to the head. So it ends up becoming not just forgiving, not just forgiving if you end up going for the four tap, but it also ends up changing the TTK as well with certain damage perks. So, you know, we could talk about the difference of resilience values that that may occur with, with the different damage perks, because obviously different damage perks end up giving you, you know, maybe 10% buff, um, 15% buff, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, my point is I can't really vouch for this one too much in the Crucible Mm -hmm. unless, you know, you end up, you know, really investing in that damage perk. And, you know, it's it's kind of like your favorite hand cannon or your favorite 180. So, so that's that, kind of my opinion on it. You actually brought up one of the main points for me with this thing is I kept trying to spec it out so that the three tap was beneficial for me. Because you can do that on, a, mm. like you were saying, the Iron Banner hand cannon. You can do that on a lot of other 180s. But for this one, if you're going for something like Rampage or even if you just apply radiant it still won't get you the three tap at 10 Brazil, and that's what's mm. difficult for me titans just say just say titans baby yeah, just titans, say titans. titans. <laughs> yeah we'll go back to it <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm joking everybody i'm joking no no it's good you can't three tap titans it's still four shots it's a forgiving four shots but it's your base time to kill value of one second and mm. what's different than that than other hand cannons that can also be one second to kill at 10 Brazil is that the other hand cannons can peek in and out of cover you have to hit those four shots on them and that's a lot more time for yourself to be exposed so that automatically cancels out rampage from this perk pool of something that i would want and so to me the damage options here if you're looking for them are frenzy or golden tricorn or focus fury by the way or focus fury don't sleep on that well, Focus Fury, I guess I never think about Focus Fury because I'm not hitting that many headshots. Sleeper. But Tony, Sleeper. you preach for a second because I, t- it's dude, not I'm for t- me. 
It's crazy, man. We're talking about 20% increased damage for 11 mm. seconds, people. And we're just talking about 50% of the mag. But we're also talking about slightly less than 50% if you think of it in a certain way. So the, the example that I always give is with Crisis Inverted, right? 10 shots in the magazine. All I got to do is hit four heads, baby. That's it. And then I'm going from the 70 to like something like 82, 83, you know, do 20% real quick, Lego, and you could tell me that. Oh, um, yeah, no, it's, it's three it's three shots to the head every time with the 20% buff, so. Yeah it's, yeah, it's still three shots to the head, but my point is you end up getting the damage perk activated much, yeah. much, much, much more easily than folks maybe think. And on top of that, it's going off of the base magazine size, too. So if you end up putting on like an extended mm. mag or attack mag or an appended mag, it's not going to change, for example, on Crisis Inverted or on this gun, um, which, what is, how much does this have in the magazine at this gun uh, magazine is this one 15. Has, it's oh, yeah, not 12. 15 that's 12 thank you thank you 12 so my point is you end up getting on this gun five headshots in that magazine 11 seconds 20 percent, 20 percent boost you that's know so long time. It's, yeah. it's a long time it's a long time so the only downside again to this is that you've got limited range options on this and so you have to really close the engagement gap um, and there's a lot of things that play in that engagement gap, you know, 31, 32 meters, um, including abilities on top of that. And so that's why I always kind of like advocate for that Iron Banner hand cannon uh, 180 um, as an alternative. But like I said, the meta is about to change. People are going to be operating in those close ranges. Abilities are about to get toned down a little bit, especially once the global ability change comes in like a season or two. So, uh, you know, pick, pick it up. Now, what I will say as well is if you want to specialize in two things, two things in particular that I see with this is if you want to specialize in in-air hand cannon play because precision frames actually end up having airborne effectiveness attributes to it that make precision frames specifically geared towards in-air play with regards to other hand cannon subfamilies. So that's one thing. They're naturally better in the air than other hand cannons. Um, but you also get the option for air assault, which gives you 30 airborne effectiveness per stack and maximum stacks of two, two stacks. Airborne kills grant two stacks. Uh, you end up getting a stack uh, just by you know final blows just in general or final blows in the air based on what I just said to give you those yeah. two stacks. That along with, you know, pair that with your favorite damage perk, maybe like Frenzy or something along that line. But that's one thing is that it naturally caters to some in-air gameplay, which we're on top of that. Hand cannons in general are about to get a buff. The second thing is Repulsor Brace. I've just been so much right. in love, in love, in love, in love with Grafalcons, with Grafalcons. And yeah. just keep in mind that volatile rounds end up proccing Repulsor Brace. So just go crazy. Get in the air if you want. You know, for example, equip Repulsor Brace and Air Assault. Just get in the air and just pop people um, with Grafalcon. Get that Repulsor Brace and just keep it pushing. Um, it's interesting. It's interesting, basically. But I do find it has uh, kind of like lacking stats um, to be kind of yeah. like the meta pick. But it's something that is definitely viable if somebody wants to, to, to really, really um, like specialize in that niche. Yeah, I think we're, you're right. Repulsive Race is probably a highlight here, and I like that combo of Air Assault. The one thing about Air Assault, I wish that some of these perks, because I love that you focus, that you focus, you focused on Focus Fury, giving you that 11 seconds. That's an incredible. Like I just want to emphasize, Golden Tricorn times two, which I think is super long at 10 seconds. This is like just one thing you have to do for this 11 seconds yeah. it's honestly slept on yeah it's honestly slept I, on i'm with you i think i'm one of the ones been sleeping on this 
<laughs> so yeah. yeah, that's that's crazy good. I wish that air assault and other airborne effectiveness perks that increase that would have a longer time uh, to be active because it's only five seconds. Uh, mm. And that's stack, you know, that that you'll add together as you go because if you get two stacks, that's 60 airborne effectiveness and that five seconds will reset. But I just wish that that was longer to accommodate things like Frenzy, uh, 12 seconds, or Focus Fury, 11 seconds. Like, that would be really nice pairing, and I wish that I could have that here. But I like the neutral game combo of Air Assault, Repulsor Brace, and I think there's a lot of options here for the damage perk, Focus Fury, Frenzy, and Golden Tricorn. The one thing I'd, I'd avoid personally, just with the way the meta is right now, is Rampage. It just doesn't, unless you're stacking it with Radiant. Uh, hmm. Seems like a dangerous game. You're still going to be four tapping, and so watch out for that. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I guess the last thing I'll mention with regards to you know this weapon, and I guess that leads into the the subsequent weapons from this, the uh, the Seraph weapons is Rasputin's arsenal, the Origin trait. Hmm. Breaking a target's shield partially reloads this weapon's magazine. Right. So you can just think about how that might end up playing uh, with this weapon, um, with certain perks, uh, you know, as we kind of move forward. One thing that uh, I'm looking at right now is subsistence. You know, subsistence will end up reloading, partially reloading your magazine from reserves after defeating targets. You end up pairing that with Rasputin's arsenal, doubling up. You know, who knows how much you could just kind of just keep that rolling, basically. Just keep that rolling, keep that rolling. So. You know, this is a very interesting origin trait. It's kind of like a Genesis it is a very similar trait, but uh, but this is an origin trait. So you end up getting your normal uh, level of perks or n- normal net number of perks um, on top of kind of a Genesis type of trait. You've set me on a whole new thing on this gun because now I'm thinking, I know, I know. okay, you break, you know, shield, you get reload, you kill someone, you get reload with subsistence, you add in Focus, focus Fury. Does that, I wonder if that counts towards the reset of your bullets can you I'm keep that I'm almost certain I'm active? almost certain that it still operates off of the original magazine now there's always little quirks there's always little quirks but I'm almost certain that you still only have to hit you know five headshots for the focus fury to proc and then once the focus fury procs you're just you're Ooh. just going you're just going Ooh. so it's highly slept on highly slept on I'm telling you okay I'm gonna have to visit this now because this is so mm-hmm. interesting because I know subsistence doesn't count as a reload because it, it doesn't operate on any other damage perks that require reload so I am very interested in this now at first you got me on PVE stuff I was like okay never reload <laughs> PVE that's cool and then I was like that's wait cool. focus mm-hmm. fury too what, what's going yeah, on here yeah, <laughs> yeah. yep yep yeah Okay. Only okay. five, only five, only five heads. And that's, that's it, you know? So, you know, it, we're just talking about even if, you know, you're just kind of like an average with this, even with this weapon, um, if you take your time, hit those shots, you, you might, you might lose quite a few gunshots just because you're taking your time. Right. Mm. Um, and on top of that, like I said, the range stat is just kind of mediocre on this weapon, but every once in a while you are going to hit those people. And once you hit those go in. <laughs> Man. Go in. Okay. And just have a ball. Okay, let, let's move on to the shotgun. Uh, we got the Aikilos shotgun. It is a rapid fire frame. And rapid fire frames. Oh, man. So I, I, I'm so hesitant to use them now after what they've been through in the crucible <laughs> and i mm. i want i want to like something speedy but with the limited and this is what it comes down to for me limited ammo 
in the crucible mm. you got limited ammo you want that one shot to count and rapid fires just haven't been where it's at for a long time even with this with the pellet spread changes i think it got even worse um mm. and so it's just a difficult weapon to use it's got a range of 34 which is actually the highest in the entire rapid fire frame category for shotguns so interesting 34 range 32 stability handling's 44 reload speed 61 aim is a 72 which is also the highest uh, mag size of seven and inner effectiveness uh of two which actually two that doesn't now that is right yeah all shotguns are super super low yeah um, they are so yeah i there there is hardly any way i could spec out this thing that i would say yes use this in pvp <laughs> <laughs> um but do you do you have any takes on it just at first glance tony um yeah i mean i kind of mirror exactly what you're saying with regards to rapid fire frames mm-hmm. i do feel like they're kind of in a better state than folks give them credit for in the crucible yeah um if you end up equipping smoothbore which smoothbore is a great barrel option at this point it's it's what i look for on my mind benders it's either smoothbore or corkscrew those are the two barrels that you know, I feel like are kind of at tops corkscrew because, you know, it gives you range, but it also gives you handling, which is important on a shotgun. I think that full choke is maybe like a full choke and barrel shroud are like close seconds, just depending upon preference. Um, but either way, if you end up equipping smoothbore, um, you know, accurized rounds, uh, a range mass work, you can get up to 69 range, which I feel like is kind of like serviceable. It's serviceable. Mm. It's respectable. End up giving you, uh, you know, maybe like threat detector, but, you know, which is, which is, like basically the closest we're going to get to quick draw right now. Um, so I feel right. like that's kind of an obvious, but let me just skip over that for a second and come down to the combination of pugilist mm. and swashbuckler people, pugilist and swashbuckler rapid fire frames. Aren't about getting that one hit kill per se. Right. I wouldn't say they're in the worst state to get that one hit kill, but follow that up with a melee people and mm. go to town pugilist final blows with this weapon generate melee energy dealing melee damage briefly improves this weapon's handling which is important on a shotgun swashbuckler this weapon gains increased damage from melee kills and kills with this weapon swashbuckler times five which is based on just getting a melee kill while this weapon is equipped you know ends up giving you what is it 33.3 percent increased damage for 4.5 seconds. That is a substantial amount of time, people. Go off. Just go off. Just get on a Titan and just punch and shotgun, punch and shotgun, and just keep on reloading. And so the what I will say about this is that subsistence may be the play here, right? Subsistence may be the play here. You end up um, maybe even grave robber as well. Melee final blows reload this weapons magazine from reserves. My point is it's a rapid fire frame, right? So reload perks, particularly for this frame, um, are beneficial, are beneficial. And so if you end up getting something like subsistence and gray or grave robber, it may prove impactful on you trying to kind of like chain kills. But swashbuckler um, is the one that really stands out to me here um, and to a lesser degree, one, two punch. Yeah. And I want to echo a lot of what you just said, because swash times five is amazing. And I want to take it a step further because we got the enhanced version this is a crafted shotgun which goes to 6.5 that's right seconds. that's right i forgot about that so that's a huge that's i i just and i could stay on this forever because i talk about it a lot but swash is like it turns into 
some sort of rampage once you get it procced because mm-hmm. kills will reset that timer. And, True. And so you can just keep going once you have it active. Of course, for this weapon, not going to matter as much because you're limited to special ammo. Um, so you can't, you know, and it's a rapid fire frame. You're not going to have a ton to work with, but it is still a great damage bonus that can help you hit a little bit further with that 33.3% extra damage and it lasts a really long time. And yep. the 20% of your melee back from pugilist for getting a kill after you have swash they're just the perfect synergy now what i will say is if you're looking to do this i recommend to do it on no reprieve uh from last season the slug shotgun because body shots with that thing with swash are incredible and it has pugilist as well true and I would play a full, just to give you an example of how powerful Pugilist is, I would play a trials match, get the shoulder charge off, get a shotgun kill, just one shotgun kill. By the time the next round started, I had my full melee back up to do it again. Mm. I wasn't Mm. using anything to give me my melee back other than the, well, nothing, yeah, other than the when you use your melee, when it goes out, the stasis mod to give it back, that's all I was using. I wasn't putting down a barricade to refresh the ability. It was just pugilist putting in a ton of work. So definitely not something to sleep on. And I like your grave robber suggestion too there. Having something auto reload because you're always picking stuff up is really great as well. I want to throw in additional perks for this. Um, Offhand strike. I feel like you might be hip firing this thing a little bit if you're using it as a close quarter weapon. So if you yeah. want to, if you want to not do any damage checking, just offhand strike. Um, and I'm not sure what I would pair that with. Still other, swashbuckler. Yeah, just honestly, swash, still swashbuckler is so good. <laughs> yeah, because the thing is, like, say for example, you end up getting that swashbuckler times five off of the melee. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody else is rounding the corner on you. Just Ooh. hit fire. Swashbuckler times five, thirty-three point three percent increase in damage, and then just melee again and just yeah. keep it moving. Just keep it moving. So yeah, yeah offhand strike is actually not a bad option here. Yeah, I think so too. And also, I want to say, I think you smoothbore was the one you called out. I like sm- small bore is growing on me for these. Uh, mm. I know it doesn't add. Um, it doesn't mess with the range as much but it doesn't take away any of your uh handling like rifle barrel was and it's just a ton of extra stats and now that we don't have the stability penalty from sliding it's just opening up more options here for something that's a rapid fire frame shotgun that if you're getting those two shots off really fast maybe a little bit of extra stability might pay off for you. True, true. And that's the type of play style where maybe you're trying to get the actual kill with the shotgun, right? Yeah. The only reason why maybe I don't, you know, I'm not looking at that too deep is the fact that, you know, just ammo is limited for a rapid fire shotgun in the crucible. So I'm always thinking about if I was going to suggest a rapid fire frame, I would suggest someone that has a strong melee build uh, first right. and foremost so that you could, you that you know you could play efficiently with that ammo um but also you know synergize it with perks that would allow you to one hit kill like swashbuckler once you ended up getting that uh, that first kill the bit the other reason why i wouldn't necessarily suggest small bore i'm not saying it's bad is that the reason why small bore was something that i looked at before was because of the slide nerf to shotgun and stability right um, and so now that we're getting that reverted, small bore is less, I it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not as important to me. I'd, way, I'd yeah. much prefer, I'd much prefer like range and handling again. So that's why I, I didn't even mention small bores because that's more so in a meta like right now or, you know, yesterday, for example, <laughs> <laughs> cause you know, right now we about to pop baby. I'm excited. Oh, um, 
where where that stability increase may have mattered a little bit more. Now right. I feel like it's about that smoothbore, it's about that corkscrew, and then to a slightly lesser degree, uh, barrel shroud and full choke. Right. Oh, that's good stuff. I'm glad you brought that up. I, I I don't think about the blinting or the follow up as much, and I know that that is always in a shotgunner's head. So I'm glad to have you here. I got I just, you. I got you. I, I'm the I'm just whooping people in one shot. I don't. I'm not used <laughs> to this. I'm mad. I'm, I'm so mad you said that. I'm so mad you said that. I feel like you just said that because I was saying some I'm stuff like... earlier, bro. Y'all y'all fusion rifle mains been eat. Y'all been eating, oh, man. man. Y'all been eating. But you know what? I'm back today, baby. I'm back oh, today. I can't wait to see it. You know? I'm excited for the qu- Twitter clips tonight, y'all. Before this episode I'm, even airs, I bet there's going to be clips out there. I'm telling you, 8 a.m., check my Twitter tomorrow. Mm. I'm telling you, I'm going to have something. I'm going to have something because I'm probably still going to be streaming. I'm going to be so excited, man, for <laughs> real. So we're going we're gonna to play We're gonna play pubs. I ain't trying to out here advertise my own stuff, but I'm just so excited. I'm going to play pubs, and then I'm going to go into like scrims uh, slash labs slash sweats, mm. um, and we're going to see how it ends up operating there. The reason why I say that is in like a private match environment, this is relevant, in a private match environment against some of the best players in the game, right. I'm playing against people all around the world. If I know I know if my shotgun works there consistently mm. um, against those folks, then it's gonna work well in whatever environment I'm placed into in pubs. So so I'm, I'm excited, I'm excited, and I'm excited to have something to report back the next, uh, next episode once we you know kind of get some time. That's good, yeah, that's good. Okay, the sniper rifle. Got the yes, Aquilos. Oh, oh, what? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Aquilos sniper rifle. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were saying what, something what, what, what? about the gun. Aquilos no, no, sniper rifle version one point zero point three, third iteration. Uh, this is our just like the shotgun, a rapid fire frame, um, and all the stats are what you're used to on this thing. We've got the lowest zoom still at 45, um, and the range is at 30, which is pretty in the middle, maybe on the lower side a little bit. Stability 39, handling 67, which is nice that these rapid fires do have some nice handling for a sniper rifle. Reload speed 57. We got the aim assist at 45, um, and then, oh, sorry, aim assist at 73, uh, the mag size at 5, and the inner effect, the airborne effectiveness at 2. So... I am also not a huge fan of rapid fire sniper rifles, just doing so little damage. I like having the possibility of using them for blinting and with a body shot damage of 90, it can be difficult uh, compared to, you know, an aggressive frame that's hitting for 158 or even an adaptive for 131. Those are damage Mm. numbers that you can do something with and rapid fires are so unforgiving. Uh, Mm. So you really got to have something super special to make me want to use it. Um, Obviously the handling's high, so you can boost that up quite a bit with these stats you're going with something like fluted you're already at 82 handling with just fluted which is pretty crazy uh tony do you see anything here that like really sticks out to you you know i think that it's kind of underrated i think this thing is underrated i actually do i actually do um so check this i think you got options people i think you got options um number one i know a lot of folks that that really do enjoy 140 uh, rpm sniper rifles the biggest thing about 140 rpm auto rifles is they're not as sticky right because you just don't have that much range to them um aim assist is not bad on them at 73 this this thing has 73 aim assist um but it's the range that really you're going to end up feeling but we got options people Mm. we got options not just to increase the aim assist via something like moving target which passively grants you that 10 right um but 
let me let me just give it to you. So if you end up equipping full board, because you don't really need stability per se on this, right. you're still trying to get that 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 one hit kill on the head, right? It's a sniper rifle, it's a precision weapon, mm-hmm. and hitting body shots with this thing just tickles people for the most part, especially if we're talking about these titans out here. These titans just tickle, they don't care, they're gonna keep on pushing you, baby. They just gonna fusion rifle, sure. they, they're gonna be on something, they're gonna have some juggernaut, they're gonna do something. Um, so, uh, yeah, so if you end up equipping, for example, full bore, accurate rounds, and a ranged masterwork, um, you end up getting up to 65 range, right? But, but people, if you end up throwing on fo- uh, a fragile focus, you get another 20. Mm. You end up getting that up to 85 range, 85 range. The reason why I speak on fragile focus, fragile focus grants you that 20 range, but you have to not be taking damage. But you're on a sniper. You're on a sniper. You know, it's just kind of the same thing as surplus, you know, uh, surplus is great on a sniper because you're not necessarily having to use your abilities. You're so far back. Basically, you're trying to pick somebody off from long range. Right. So fragile focus is more likely to be active at that time for that 85. Then, you know, what's important on a sniper is consistency, particularly at range, but then also handling. Well, you got options in the last column for for handling. You stay on arc, you end up getting plus 50 handling. That's, that's taking you thinking. up. Yeah. That's taking you up right there. You know, that's literally taking you up to get your handling on point. So, um, you know, without it, uh, you're sitting at uh, 62 handling. You equip elemental capacitor. You're on arc. You're up to 100. You're up to 100. So if I was going to go for this sniper, that's personally what I would probably go for. Hmm. Um, Other options, of course, you know, folks really, some folks really enjoy perpetual motion. It's great to see it there. Um, Surplus is always a beautiful option. If you really want it crazy snappy, you know, and don't care so much about the fragile focus, then you could just get that full bore, that accurized rounds, that range master work, and then just rock that surplus elemental on arc. Um, let me see. Uh, I've already talked about the moving target. Um, I guess the other thing that I would mention would be uh, box breathing. Yeah. Yeah. Box, box breathing, breathing the other for thing. sure. That 1.5 1. 1. Seconds. seconds. Yeah. Yep. Aiming down sight, 10% increase aim assist, fall off distance, and increase precision multiplier by plus one for one shot. Timer starts as soon as the ADS input is pressed. You know, so on sniper rifles, we're talking about 33.2% increase um, for the precision multiplier specifically. Um, So, you know, it's just, uh, it's an interesting option, particularly for a... um, for a low impact sniper rifle in particular, what was it? Yeah. It was the Dreaming City, Dreaming City uh, 140 sniper rifle, the Twilight, RPM sniper. Right? Yeah. Yes, the Twilight mm-hmm. Oath. You know, Drewski put me on that as well. Um, he used that quite a bit, and I'm, I don't know if he ever got the one that he was looking for, which was <laughs> the um, which was the curated role, but it was snapshot box breathing. Mm-hmm. You know, so you ended up getting that snapshot, that snappy um, sniper rifle. But on top of that, you got box breathing, which back then that was before box breathing got nerfed. So box breathing was even stronger. And so you just aim down sight for like a short period of time and you have something that feels as far as shooting it. Um, and as far as the consistency of hitting those shots, you have something that feels like a, uh, like a, like a 90 or a 72. But either way, mm. even with, you know, the, uh, you know, nerf that happened a while back, I think that box breathing on a 140 is still something that is is viable and something that folks should look at, um, especially, like I said, especially on 140 RPMs. Yeah. And then also can't forget about the that combo, no distractions in box breathing, just because they both True. activate it almost the same time and that flinch reduction could pay off for you. Uh, so, but I, I really like your fragile focus build. 
And I'm I'm curious where I would land between moving target and fragile focus because I'm such an aim assist fiend and 73, 83 aim assist. Ah, that sounds good. But box breathing, uh, there's some. It, it's tough to spec this thing out. But I think if you like this frame, rapid fire frame, there are some good options for you here. I think and there's it, some really great options. It just depends on do you want to make it snappy. Or do you want to make that shot connect? And I think you can do a bit of both with your build, the fragile focus, elemental capacitor. You could that- still do a bit of both with what you were saying as well. Keep in mind, fluted barrel, right? Takes right. it up to 82. Aphidians, for example, that's something like 30, 31, 32, um, like handling that you get the buff from that. So that's going to fill that out, that handling up to 100. If you end up having Dragon Shadow, obviously that's going to give you the handling. That's going to take it up to 100. So you can end up doing that. Then you would still have 50 range. Mm-hmm. Then you would have moving target for plus 10 aim assist to take that up to 83. Then you have a targeting mod on the helmet. That's going to take it up another 10 to 93. You got 93. Mm-hmm. Then on top of that, you got box breathing, say, for mm-hmm. example. You know, 10% increased aim assist fall off distance. I'm just saying the options are there, people. Which it is kind of slept on. Actually, box breathing could make up for the lack of range if you're specking it yes. out that way. Because yeah. that it's you don't... that. 10% increase aim assist fall off distance is going to be so much more beneficial, I think, than specking into range. So I would I, agree. I'm actually almost pushing into that option now as what I would want to go for. And whether moving target or no distractions would be kind of up to you, but some great stuff. Yeah. Yep. So again, you know, something else that I feel like the weapons team has done just a great job of. It's not making it, it the obvious choices, mm-hmm. you know, but it's if somebody really loves the gun or wants to dig into the gun, then I think that there are some strong options for snipers here. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think we are on to the one that is probably the most popular, uh, not even probably, guaranteed mm-hmm. the most popular out of all of these weapons, the Aikilos Aggressive Frame SMG, which is pretty prevalent right now. And I think there's oh, a big... Oh, is it? Do what? Oh, oh, is it? Oh, yeah, just a little Interesting. bit. Just a little bit. And it, it's crazy because I keep seeing the conversation of... Do you go range or stability on this thing? Because in the past, it's kind of been you always want range. But I've seen a lot of people starting to spec this out for more stability and not caring as much about things like range finder and going for things like tap the trigger. Um, so I'm really curious where we're going to land on this one. Nothing much has uh, changed for this SMG. Uh, we've still got the range at 44 the stability at 25 which is actually incredibly high for an aggressive frame i want to point out that the highest other one is the title the guardian games smg at 20 and everything else is like in the teens like 11 Mm -hmm. 16 7 this thing sticks out on stability already um then handling at 62 which is also the highest uh, reload speed 24, aim assist 37, also very high. This thing's just high in everything. It's Magazine stacked. size 30, inner effectiveness 12, and zoom at 14, which is the one thing that I'm like, hmm, that's that's not super great at 14 when there are some that exist that are 15. So I think this is a pretty great SMG. Tony, how do you feel like 
you would spec this thing out. I keep coming back to that because I just love passing it off to you. I love the unknown. Oh, like, what's he going to do? <laughs> <laughs> what's he going to do? What's he going to do? Pretty great is an understatement, people, is an understatement. This is one of the best SMGs in the Crucible. This is the bane of my existence as a hand Oof. cannon player. This thing is crazy. This thing is crazy. Like, if somebody has uh, this crafted... I'm definitely paying attention. Both this uh, Terabot and there's a there's a few other like SMGs that I'm I'm paying attention to. But I think this this is arguably arguably the best SMG legendary in the game right now. Wow. It's it's nuts. And I think it's to be said that this is a stat package here. 750s are a fantastic fantastic subfamily of SMG. It's actually pr- probably my favorite um, archetype yeah. as well. Um, it's one that, at least on M and K, the stability just doesn't matter as much. So, you know, that that base stability being low uh, on most of these, um, on most SMGs within this particular subfamily, is not that big of a deal. But the fact that you end up getting higher base stability on this is kind of a big deal, especially for folks that are on controller. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how would I deck this out? Man, uh, like the first that comes to mind for me, at least on M and K, would be just to give it max range, killing wind and rangefinder, but also you know dynamic sway uh, reduction is is especially considering the fact that you've got rangefinder there, yep. um, is just a, a very 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 valid uh, alternative as well. Um, now you know if you're on controller or you like a little bit more stability, which kind of I do, especially since you know that extra five from full bore and rangefinder, um, it only takes you down you know, to 23.33 meters between like hammer forged and, uh, and full bore that I said, I said, I said 23.33 meters for hammer forged full bore is 24 meters. So it's, it's about 0.75, right? Um, about three quarters of a meter difference. So that can matter. Sure. You know, SMGs, we're trying to like max it out as much as possible, but nonetheless, all I'm saying is you've, you've got options. And especially since this has higher base stability, you know, keeping that stability there because obviously full bore takes away 10 stability may be something that uh, that even I would look at and, and give up that extra, you know, three quarters of a meter. So yeah. anyway, you've also got your Seraph rounds um, as well. Instead of the Accurized, I still personally would go for the Accurized considering that's 10 range versus three range. But again, you know, especially if you end up having full bore, but you end up either getting on a random drop serif rounds or you just want to craft the serif rounds you know you can still get 20 23 meters with serif rounds and you can have some additional like stability um now that being said if i was going to do that especially with rangefinder i'd probably still do like hammer forged and serif rounds just to get my 32 stability yeah so for me it probably still is range so it probably still is range. I'd still take this to full bore, accurized rounds, range masterwork, and then I'd go with either killing wind range finder or I'd go with dynamic sway reduction and range finder. Dynamic sway being a fantastic perk and definitely, definitely, definitely a worthy alternative to killing wind, which of course killing wind is gonna give you that extra range, mobility, and handling once you get that first kill. So it just ends up doubling down on range finder. But you know, this thing has great base stability, just great baseline stats in general yes that's the thing that's you know kind of stands out to me and so that provides some additional options if you want to equip them on the barrels and the mag etc etc but i think still you know range is king on this thing i've seen it plenty like i said in the crucible and so um those are my kind of my thoughts uh 
Anything else, maybe threat detector, if you, you know, really want. Keep in mind that threat detector ends up giving you uh, some stability, some reload. So, so 15, about 15 stability, 15 reload, 0.75 handling animation duration multiplier when within 15 meters of an enemy. And it can stack, you know, so, so if it's uh, two enemies, two plus enemies, I guess there's just a second level for two or more enemies, you end up getting 40 stability, 55 reload, 0.56x, a 0.56 times handling animation duration multiplier. So for folks that are on controller in particular that might value stability a little bit more, threat detector may end up being um, something that is uh, is valuable to you. But dynamic sway is probably going to end up being the one um, to mess with if you're you know thinking along those lines just for all the benefits that it provides. You've also got your perpetual motion, um, which feels great, great, great on uh, a variety of weapons, whether it be secondaries or primary. So that's a worthy alternative. Um, trying to see what else. Uh, Volt shot. We always come back around to that, and it just not not because not because I would select it for me. It would it would probably be rangefinder or uh, tap the trigger is fantastic as well, especially for my folks that are on controller. I'll say that again, just for consistency, consistency perks, just like you said. Uh, Frenzy is here as well to give you that. 15% increased damage, 50 handling, 50 reload speed for 12 seconds after being in combat for a moderate amount of time. Um, but it's range finder for me, and I'll yeah. just come back around to Volt Shot because I mentioned it. I just like the perk. I, I wish <laughs> it was. I wish it was better. Maybe I don't, but I just think it's so cool. Um, and uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just wish for it to be seen a little bit, just a little bit more uh, on primaries and for me to be uh, incentivized to use it just because I think it's uh, I think it's so cool. And I think that there should be some additional synergy on arc between the actual subclass 3.0 and the weapons because there's so much synergy on void 3.0. Yeah. There's a decent amount of synergy on solar 3.0, but not as much. You're not going to see too much popping off on arc 3.0 uh, with, you know, any sort of like synergy between the weapons and the subclass. And I kind of miss that considering, you know, Gerfalcon's my thing. Yeah, it is a bummer not to see as much. And it's a bummer to me that in particular, Voltshot doesn't operate the same way in PvP that it does in PvE, and I kind of wish yeah. it did. Maybe it would be OP, but the way that you have to have enemies around for the Voltshot tick damage to proc, like there's a tick damage in PvE that once, and people, a lot of people don't even know this, but we've talked about it here before, where if you damage somebody with a Voltshot and they get jolted, there's this tick damage that applies to them as more damage is done to them by other opponent by other people or you and so it's this extra damage and then in the crucible that damage is 51 damage chain lightning now that only mm. applies to the people outside of them and them if there are enemies around if there's no one around then that jolt doesn't do anything and i wish that it did i it maybe this is too much but imagine if you were fighting and it would be a perfect counter for healing too because imagine mm. if you if somebody healed after you hit them with a volt shot shot they're jolted and they're healing but they come back around a corner and you damage them again that extra 51 damage would proc on them from them being jolted even if they're by themselves right now there has to be other people around and it kind of negates all that work you did to get them jolted so i wish mm. there was more mm. like you said synergy like there is with the other stuff there it just doesn't line up for me as much with volt shot um yeah so and that I wish, would be I cool, wish in any sort of like rework for it, maybe, maybe I'd make it slightly more impactful. So mm. slightly more powerful, but then require that it's headshots, 
you know, mm. require those headshots. So, you know, it's a high requirement, a higher like uh, like base baseline floor uh, for activating the perk, but more reward. Right. Um, and so that'd be interesting to try to find like a balance between those two, of course. Uh, but but that would be maybe maybe a possibility that I'd be I'd be I'd be down for. Yeah. Well, I'm on board with all the perks you suggested there. I would definitely be dynamic sway range finder. I'd have to be. I do think it's interesting. Serif rounds. I wanted to bring those up because Seraph rounds, they used to give a little bit more than this, but they at least kept their combines the penetration from armor piercing rounds, ricochet rounds, and flinch increases from high cal rounds all in this one perk. And mm. that is insane. Uh, yeah, that's so a good point. even though it used to, I think it, it would like increase your uh, aim assist fall off distance used to be. It yeah. doesn't do that anymore, but oh, which yeah. that would be, that'd be like rangefinder and all that combined in one. So it, it was just damage fall off, not aim assist, but still just insane. So it doesn't do that anymore, but it still keeps a lot of its original intent and gives you that range and stability. So I feel like it's a must have for me for that reason over accurized rounds, despite accurized rounds helping in the damage fall off department. I would just rather have all those other benefits. Um, yeah, and and that's kind of a good point, actually. That I like that I missed. Um, and keep in mind, I guess, just for completeness, that equipping you know full bore range masterwork range finder and the difference between accurized rounds and serif rounds. Twenty three point oh six meters with serif rounds and twenty four meters with accurized. So that trade off, you're, you're right. It could be like a worthy one. Um, you know, closing that extra just about meter um, is 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 definitely something. Something doable, especially something at 23 meters, 24 meters with an SMG. I think that's pretty that's pretty good. The last thing that I'll mention as well, and I'll toss it right back to you, mm-hmm. is Rasputin's arsenal again, breaking a target shield, partially mm. reloads this weapon's magazine. So, you know, you could just, I mean, it's a spitter already, and you just keep spitting um, 28 in the magazine just by default. And, uh, you know, you have this origin trait that's kind of um, kind of like a Genesis tri- type trait um, right. where uh, you could just keep on spitting and maybe um, stick the fight to hit a few more shots uh, that Rasputin's arsenal would yield you that maybe you you missed. Right, that's good, yeah. And also just to clean up the, the very end of this, uh, gut shot straight and frenzy, just some damage dealing perks. I'm not gonna touch surrounding because I don't know when you're gonna use that. If you do, you're gonna clean up hard. Uh, but tap, but frenzy and gut shot, are they worth running? Gut shot is, almost never worth running for me because like I've mentioned before, it's only changing your optimal time to kill and on SMGs, it's only that 10% bonus. So it's like, is, is that really worth running? It changes your full body shot time to kill from one second or from 1.1 second to one second flat, just one less bullet, but you got that huge aim assist cone penalty. So I don't think it's worth it for me. Um, Frenzy, however, uh, will bring you down from an original time to kill on a 10 result at 0.77 seconds down to 0.67 seconds, which is pretty fast and reminded me, I, I was reminded of this whenever you were talking about Rasputin's arsenal. If you're continuing to have that fight and your gun's automatically getting reloaded and then you proc Frenzy, could be something for you to look into. I still don't think it's worth running over Rangefinder. Rangefinder is just the jacked perk of all perks Mm. even after it's nerf i just can't get away from it uh if you don't mind the actual scope increase range is definitely 
Rangefinder is definitely the way to go. I just can't see yeah, a way around and, it. And, and Bungie, keep in mind, Bungie, please, please, please. Rangefinders, it's it's not that good, right? You know, we don't need to actually. Hey, 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 hey. I gave you your turn, Lego. All Y'all right. can nerf it on fusion rifles. How about that? Please don't do it. Please. Oh, oh yeah, no, no. do it on fusion rifles. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. People Fusion's are gonna hate crazy. me for this, but it is. If rangefinder is on a fusion rifle, it is literally the only it's thing you want to run. Nuts. So, yeah, it's yeah. nuts for real, for real. Uh, like because in my like community scrims, right mm-hmm. labs, it's it's the only thing. I don't I don't say anything else about fusion rifles. Um, outside of you can only have like one on the team at a time. Uh, except for rangefinder, and it's because of that. Ooh, it's because of that crafted Epicurean. Ooh, yeah. I'm telling you, my friend Cab put that to my dome mm. too many times. Immediately, I was just like, "This is crazy." Rangefinder got to be wild, like it's got to be. And then somebody mapped me uh, with a rangefinder main ingredient yeah. um, in trials Ooh, this past weekend gross, as well. Yeah. That thing was crazy. And then you know, I know you were searching for a drop on oh, hey. some other. Oh hey, what, what was it? I was, was so it? I was gonna finish it with this. I wanted to wait till we were done with this. The is perfect. SMG, this is perfect. But, this is perfect. But we're right. we're done with it. And so I want to say this entire. Like the entire week that we had last wish back, I was in there every single day with this my community, fiending. just grinding it out, trying to get one drop with rangefinder. It took like four days for me to even get one drop with rangefinder. Finally got one. And keep in mind, there's only four perks in the column. Like it should give it. I had like to go through <laughs> 10 drops before I could even get a rangefinder. So I got a rangefinder roll, tested it. I was like, oh, dang, I can hit 19 meters pretty easily with and you know an adaptive fusion rifle that is firing faster than the epicurean and main ingredient and so i was like this is this is gross okay let's keep going the very last second within one minute before reset i kid you not the clock said 59 on it one minute until reset i couldn't grind anymore a fusion drop for me and i was like no way guys i just had a fusion drop this is the one open it up under pressure rangefinder. Oh no my god! Way no, and the perks Ugh. were all great. No charge time mess. It was it's perfect. I love it. So yes, uh, twenty meter kills with an adaptive frame fusion rifle. That's crazy, it's disgusting. And the That's reason crazy. why I, w- I want to say real quick because they actually it was in the notes here. They're bringing back some raids, some old raids again, just like they did this time with Deepstone Crypt there. And so people are expecting Last Wish uh, or one of the other raids to come back. And if they bring back Last Wish, people are saying Lego, why are you grinding for this? If they're gonna bring it back, keep in mind they took off Rangefinder on Wise and Rebuke from Iron Banner. They they. Rangefinder is so good. I would not be surprised. On fusions. On fusions. On fusions. On fusions. Thank you. <laughs> <Blank> a statement. <laughs> on fusions that I would not be surprised if it started changing. So I am so happy if if this becomes a relic of the past. Well, shame on anyone who comes across me with it because it is gross. <laughs> I'm telling you, it is gross. Well, and that's and that's my point. That's my point too. It's just like. Look, that main ingredient user that I crossed in trials that I just mm-hmm. just was absolutely destroying my whole, my all my guts. Yeah. Um, like I I've, I I don't I can't remember the last time I've seen that. Yeah. You know I can't remember the last time I've seen that. So it was cool for me to see it. I wasn't like salty about it. Like I don't see it all the time. It's rare that I see it, and it's just cool for that fusion rifle user to have that as kind of like mm. a badge. And for them to probably love it, they had plenty of kills on it, so they yeah. probably love it. They're probably a fusion rifle main. And I just love folks to have tools for their niche. They have a niche, 
they grinded hard for it, most likely, just like yourself. Um, and uh, and now, hey, I want to go in and I, I want to have fun with it and, you know, like put some kills on it. And that's exactly what that 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 dude, that person was was doing. It, it was cool to see. It was cool to see. And I'm not upset about it at all. But yes, rangefinder on fusions is crazy. Let's just keep that keep that in mind. Yeah. Well, as we close out the episode here, uh, just want to let y'all know we're going to hit all the rest of the weapons for Lightfall. I think we got only only like two more episodes left for Lightfall. It's crazy. Um, but we're going to get those dungeon weapons in, the world drops in, and talk about all the news coming back too uh, as it comes out for Lightfall. We're going to try and hit it all. So excited for y'all to stay with us. Yeah. And just remember, you can connect to all things DMB at DestinyMassiveBreakdowns.com, including Podcast versus Enemies, hosted by Court, Impetus, and St. Caber, and Between Twin Sons, a Star-, Star Wars podcast hosted by Kit Kutcher and Mercules. You'll find our social links and invite to join the conversation in the Discord, episodes new and old, the occasional guideposts, and more well-written resources right there. This is Ill Physics, aka Tony. If you did not previously know me, uh, you can find me at Ill Physics on Twitter, on Twitch, uh, YouTube as well. My largest footprints are on Twitch and on Twitter. Um, and yeah, I'd love to have discussion. Definitely hit me up anytime. And this has been Lego, aka Legoli Flash. You can find me on Twitter and YouTube. I will, yeah, posting those videos, keep them coming out. And Enhanced Swashbuckler one today. It's great. Yeah. Y'all I need saw to use that. Enhanced Swash. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> uh, but thank you so much, y'all, for joining us for this one. We'll see you next time. Until yeah. then, GG. Peace.